It is February 9th, 2023. James Jones, John Lindemann, Greg Leahy, Guillaume Vayette. You guys need to come on real quick. I, I yeah. said we're going hey, quick. Hey. What's up? So I'm John Lindemann. Yes, John Lindemann. <laughs> I'm Greg Leahy. Great. And then I guess the, I'm I'm sorry, Greg. That leaves you with the role of John today. So uh, Wait, you're no. just good, no, no. Good it's Guillaume's got that. I, I, I guess oh. I'm you. Uh, uh. Oh shit, oh, man. All right, well you're the host now. Have fun. Yep. Um, no one, no one wants to be Guillaume. That's great. Well, I guess I. Well, I thought. I mean, James I mean, is Guillaume. Guillaume by default. I claimed myself. <laughs> I didn't realize my mistake. Guillaume um, by default by James. I Jones. don't mind being Guillaume, but I'm not going to do a fake accent because I'm just going to offend everyone. So. I just, hey, that's the thing. It's easy to to imitate Guillaume. Just throw out random French words like fantastique. You know, <laughs> everybody will be As like, I "Wow, usually that's, do yes." Gets Guillaume. <laughs> just random exclamations of you know French exclamations. You here should are, just do that. Here are my impressions of the new Mario. Uh, bonjour. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. See? All Perfect. Right. Parfait. My bad. Guillaume, my bad. Guillaume brought to you by the right is a bravely second. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> Basically. God. Now as I'm long as I like... get to throw cats at uh, enemies. <laughs> oh, it's a good. It's a good class. I mean, no one's saying you. I mean, they probably are people saying you can't do that, but they're not here. They're not listening to the show because if you are listening to the show, you're a real soldier, or we fix the issue. Um, I just want to start the show off real quick with we've been dealing with an issue related to Nintendo World Report updating its certs. This is something you have to do on a website every year. It's just it's just background noise. John and I have both gone through it and 90, no, I'm not going to, 80% of the time it's fine and nothing happens. But you live in absolute abject fear of it because when it goes wrong, there's no rolling back because your old cert's dead and you've got to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, well, it went wrong this time. And how that's manifesting is a number of podcast players are unable to process the RFN feed, which means people aren't getting updated that the podcast has a new episode or they can't download it or some other dumb bullshit happens. And uh, being a technologist myself, I made the executive decision to, well, maybe if I modernize the RSS feed, which hasn't been modernized in 15 years, and bring it up to modern standards so when we validate it, it doesn't have a million alerts about how things are out of date, maybe that'll fix the problem. And then I fucked that up, too. So I may have made things an even bigger mess. I reverted, but nobody can pick up that I reverted the change because, again, back to the first problem, nobody can access the feed correctly. It's great. Some podcast players don't care that the cert's weird, and they're just like, yeah, whatever, give me your virus-infected files. I love it. it tastes great. Mm-mm, delicious. Where other podcast players are just like, no, I'm not going anywhere near that. Google right now, Google Play Podcast, is particularly um, in a curious state where it thinks there's only 10 episodes but won't let you play any of them unless you go to the website, and then it lets you play those 10 episodes and nothing else. It's amazing. I am enraptured by this. It definitely hasn't consumed 40 to 50 hours of my life over the last week. And I'm definitely not upset. I definitely didn't need to have a conversation with my significant other about how upset I was just so I didn't get more upset. That definitely isn't a thing that happened. We're trying. We're trying. It's hard. Certs suck. And I apologize for the inconvenience. You can go to NWR website and download episodes. If you are listening to this episode and we haven't fixed the problem, that means you already did that. So tell your friends, I guess. 
Um, unfortunately, there's not an easy way for us to communicate this. There's the at, at RFN podcast, all one word. That's the Twitter account. And then John created an account on Mastodon where no one is. Um, there's the Facebook page we don't use anymore because Facebook. Mm-hmm. And it's 2023. And there's the NWR Discord where you've seen me despair like I'm a char- like a character in one of Shakespeare's tragedies. It's just like, I, I can't fix it. Alas, I'm out there holding the skull of my podcast feed, speaking to it. It's great. I'm having a good time. But if you're if you've been dealing with this I apologize this is not what we want we want this to be seamless we want you to be able to download the episode i don't say anything about us you wanting to be able to enjoy the episode because i'm not making wishes to a genie here i know what rfn is but i want you to at least consume the episode if we leave you with a feeling i don't care what that feeling is but if it's revulsion or frustration please don't tweet at me on my birthday thanks let's move on so uh, hey guys, what are we going to talk about this week besides technology being evil? I don't know. No. Pretty quiet week. Yeah, pretty quiet. Oh, okay. Um, I'm, I'm getting an alert that there, uh, there may have been a Nintendo Direct. I, uh, because I wasn't notified six days ahead of time, as is my requirements, I refused to watch this Direct. Yeah, why, why don't you look it up and see if there's an article about it? Oh, okay. I'm going to look it up and see if there's a website that that covers Nintendo news called NintendoWorldReport.com. That's a pretty cool website. Mm-hmm. Somebody should make that website if it doesn't already. Oh, my God. It already exists. I'm not going to use the NWR article. Uh, but it does exist. Um, I'm going to use this one instead um, from Game Industry. So, yeah, there was a direct. That was on Wednesday. We're recording on this on Thursday. I didn't give you the date. It's 2-9-2023. I did give you the date. I didn't give you the episode. It's 809. Um, and we have a direct to talk about. So we're going to talk about the direct. Uh, this is actually a relatively um, relatively big uh, Nintendo direct uh, compared to some of the other ones. It compared the depth of the news. Uh, we got updates on a lot of the things we, you would expect to uh, with one omission. Uh, this was billed as a direct that would primarily focus on the things releasing in the first half of 2023. I will... I will note that in the NWR Discord, we always get a surge of people when there is a direct. And one of the first things posted was they didn't show any 2024 games. When when mm. it was pointed out that they said this was going to focus on the first half of 2023, the response I got was, yeah, but they always lie. So that's what the Nintendo Directs are at this point. So that's going to conclude our coverage of the Nintendo Direct for this week. Uh, no, I guess we actually have to talk about the contents in it. And uh, John, since you found this 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 good rundown, yeah, uh, I'm gonna let you. Do we want to try to go in, in in relative order that things were announced, or do we just kind of want to scatter shot it based on what we care about? Uh, we can go in order. Okay. Especially since what I care about corresponds with uh, you know yeah the order this, that we're gonna this go. Was a, this was a direct. Uh, I don't know this this article is not in order. Um. Uh, this art, this direct Guillaume was eaten. Uh, so I'm gonna give a good so, example. <laughs> yes. Where does that expression come from? Because I I really hate it. Oh, good. I'm never I'm gonna, gonna I'm, say that. Actually, I'm I was gonna, gonna use, say it to say then that I never want to say it again. But. I'm gonna use it so much now. It's like this is this is now I'm eating because now I know. We're eating uh, good here. Resur- 
Memes. Memes are memes is where we're at. Uh, so uh, Pikmin Four. Yeah. So Pikmin, a game of a game to be or a franchise to be played while walking your dog, now gives you the option to walk a dog while playing Pikmin without leaving your couch. Mm. Because uh, all you Pikmin Bloom enthusiasts, there's a new Pikmin game coming. All one of you. <laughs> right. No, there's two. Xander apparently plays Pikmin Bloom as well. He Man. does. Yeah. And uh, I've got some people in my neighborhood. Sometimes their they're Pikmin are attacking Mushroom. And uh, there might even be a way for me to almost interact with them by, by waving at them or something. I'm not sure. It's not really explained. Yeah, I don't know. You know how, I mean, my experiences with 3DS and Street Pass, I yeah. mean, it just gets kind of weird, you know? This is going to be, mm-hmm. Guillaume, like, Guillaume's <laughs> not going to go, like, stock down children, though. So that's the difference between <laughs> the two of you. For the record. Uh, you don't know. <laughs> for the but record. enough about Pikmin <laughs> Bloom. I, tr- uh, I trust you to not do that. Oh, man. But why do you trust me to do it? Because uh, you did it. I don't want it. I didn't do it. It's that wasn't a child. That oh, we God. know of. Let's go to the audio evidence. You know, I, I still carry. I, I'm still that guy that carries his 3ds with him around in his bag just to see what street passes I get. Sure, oh, me and too. When I, when I first came out here, I used to get quite a few, quite a few, walking around downtown, just being out and about. Maybe some people at work have them, whatever. Now I get, I get one in a blue moon, and it is from the same person each time, which makes me wonder who that kind soul is. Following I, you, I don't know who that person is. I think. They call themselves GP, I think, and I don't know who that is. There's no initials that I know. Have you have you written street pass messages to them explicitly yet? I haven't started doing that. I sh- <laughs> but what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Who are I, you? I, <laughs> tell me about where yourself. Do you, where do you live? Yeah, there's not enough characters in the the street pass message to say like even like missed connections or anything. Like, but the you name of the street and then, like Starbucks and then like what time and no, you, you <laughs> start with okay, hi, well, I'm John. Then the next well, one, it's like how are part one of two, and then the next oh time God. it's just you question mark. <laughs> this is like spread out over like an eight month period. Well, the first thing, it's like, you know, it's like, well, the first thing, I, like, the first thing I would want to ask, but I can't ask is, are you a child? Because if you're a <laughs> child, I know, I don't want that to sound creepy, but I'm doing that for the, forget it, forget it. I no, no, John, John, tell me, what, why would we, we be worried about it being a child? I'm just curious. Uh, I don't know. I don't, that's creepy. I don't want to, like, interact with some kid or whatever. I don't know. If, I'm just saying, I'm just saying if, if I'm looking for contact. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, no, you're not looking for any contact. <laughs> Whatever. You guys are like, meet, him at, meet that person at Starbucks. I didn't say at all. I just was like, you I'm, should write the messages. Like, hi, how are you? It'll make I'm them feel saying, personal. I'm just <laughs> saying, if if I'm going to be reaching out, I want it to be appropriate contact, not inappropriate. I, hey, I had, to, I had to stalk the person a little bit. Just a bit. I had... I had to stalk the person. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a, a little, little bit. bit. To, con- to confirm that they were on the up and up. They were. I had to stalk this person as, to make sure that As far as I can tell, I, I had to stalk this person <sighs> to make sure that I wasn't stalking a child. <laughs> so, Pikmin 4. Yes. It's weird because they started with a certain uh, motif. Like, they were like red pikmin and they show like one red pikmin and then they show the the player character just using pikmin and then like ice pikmin and okay 
And then I, like, I was expecting them at some point to trot out all the Pikmin that we know, you know, blue, yellow, the purple ones, etc., and maybe uh, another new one. But no, like that, that's all that they had to go with: red and ice. Cost cutting uh, measures. But, but we do, we do see yellow Pikmin. We do see. Uh, so it's not like they're not in the game. But yeah, I thought it was a little bit weird, as if like they they cut a, a longer trailer at some point, and then yeah, they were like, well, yeah, let's like calm I mean, down sometimes a after the direct, there is like a longer version uh, as its mm-hmm. own video on certain of Nintendo's YouTube channels, anyway. But uh, I mean, I think with a, a piece of maybe like promotional art on the eShop, like you could see they've actually got the purple Pikmin and the white Pikmin in the art, who you know, were right. in two but not three. They were kind of replaced by the kind of the rock Pikmin for purple and right. the flying Pikmin for white. But yeah, it seems like they're back as well as like the rock Pikmin is still there. Yeah, the ice Pikmin is there. So you, it's, well, the, it seems like it's going to be a lot of stuff as well as the aforementioned dog-like creature that you could use as like a steed in battle and you can use mm. it for traversal like a bunch of Pikmin can get on it and it can then wade through water or something that would otherwise kill the Pikmin because they're not all blue or whatever like it, it seems like it's going to be a pretty versatile thing and, and it can carry stuff back much more easily than you know usually yeah. would be the case yeah, I want to say that the the purple and the uh, white Pikmin were in the challenge mode. Of That's Pikmin true. 3. Yeah, they they weren't in the the campaign, but no, but right. you could you did see them. Um, and yeah, it looks like uh, we're back to treasure and nut fruit. Um, so that's kind of exciting because they just. You know, like it was a little bit more interesting, maybe visually. I don't know if they're gonna have like some sort of uh, uh encyclopedia uh for all the items that you pick up, all the treasure that you pick up. But, uh, yeah, they did it too, didn't they? They had some really mm-hmm. great descriptions and stuff. That's, that's kind of, I, mean, the, I mean, the fruit descriptions were pretty interesting, I guess. But Yeah, they it seemed to be like things. one of the early titles where uh, Nintendo was flexing its localization muscles uh, because before that they didn't really have that many opportunities outside of maybe Paper Mario. Um, but yeah, uh, so... I don't know. The the game looks great to me. I'm looking forward to seeing more. Um, someone, on, well, Mr. Glub Glub on the Discord uh, pointed out, well, talked about the, uh, the the kind of the weird tease at the end of the trailer where they show uh, one of the enemies uh, at night getting red eyes and kind of freaking out. And so, you know, like we, I, I guess we can assume that we'll be able to actually play at night this time. Yeah, around. it's kind of it's interesting. As it's always been night is death. You know, it was like mm-hmm. uh, they said it was part. It was like built into at least one version of Olimar's Final Smash in uh, Smash Brothers. You know, so it's like night has fallen, so everybody just starts taking damage before he crashes the dolphin on the heads. (laughs) (laughs) Night is death in Pikmin, so it would be kind of interesting to whether it's some sort of like narrow scenarios that take place at night, or whether it's more flexible, like, well, you can do stuff at night if you want to, but it's crazy Mm -hmm. shit, like, like running into high castle at the start of breath of the wild or something i don't know it's kind of interesting but i mean the look of it in general i'd say i feel like the environment is more colorful than we used to see in 
from the Pikmin mm-hmm. games. It, it kind of like more like really kind of high visibility colors. Like it, it always seemed to me like the, there was a conscious choice with Pikmin games in the, in, in that the world would have a naturalistic look. And then the Pikmin themselves and some of the enemies and stuff, they could be very colourful and cartoony and kind of weird. And that was the, the sort of deliberate kind of disconnect that they went for. Like, you know, it's like, oh, it's the real world, but with these weird little things in it. Uh, and, you know, that mostly carried through from, you know, the first Pikmin to the second to the third, uh, I guess. Not that, that it, like, the game is drab by any means, but now it just seemed to me like everything, like the, the treasures you're getting, the environments, like, it's, it feels like they've just wanted to say, let's make everything more colorful. Let's make everything more eye catching. I don't know whether yeah. it's part of the visual design, you know, to help with gameplay in a way. It's just like, it's easier to put for they think it'll be easier for players to pass you know what's happening in the world what is you know kind of uh you can interact with or what paths you know exist through it or something but it, that seemed like it's not like really glaringly obvious like massive change but a significant one and that you're perceptible mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just kind of distraught that some of the enemies are really cute those little bird-like things. Um, that's going to be tough to kill. Look, sometimes cute things must die too. They don't get mm-hmm. they don't get the immunity. This is nature, rules of nature, as it were. Uh, I don't know. I, I uh, I'm kind of glad this game is finally coming out. If only so we can stop asking where's Pikmin for. And it's ju- and it's July. It's going to be the sort of slot that uh, you know last year. Was initially going to go to Splatoon, <laughs> but then ended up going to Xenoblade. Uh, so yeah, it's just a little bit outside of that first half of the year window, but you know, basically within six months, you know, so of now. Um, so yeah, that's it's. Uh, there's a kind of a theme running through this direct for me, which is things that have been, in many senses, quite belated. But now coming quite suddenly, very suddenly yes. in some cases. But yeah, Pikmin yeah. 4, not so sudden because it is quite a few months yet. But still, after so much time since the third one and since the, you know, the now infamous, you know, kind of remarks about, oh, well, you know, it's, it's done. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> You know, all this from Miyamoto, like, that it is actually just a few months away rather than just some, you know, kind of far off wish at this point. It feels close at hand. So, funnily enough, um, you know, we talked about you, that this is going in the Xenoblade slot. And uh, the next thing that came up in the direct was, in fact, the Phase 3 DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Um, where they're introducing another new party member who's something called a Lapridist. I, I don't know what that means. And the challenge mode, where you get to take on a bunch of enemies in back to back to back to back, but only with a single character. Yeah. And uh, and the, the new character is following the, the proud tradition of Nintendo adding... Um, mommy characters to the to their games so that's great so all you fetishes finally have that need for xenoblade matt um but then like that that's fine uh that also was out right away right but that that dropped the day of didn't it yeah i hadn't checked because i haven't i don't own the dlc yet but um yeah oh, I, no, I was, it's the 15th. 
I was under the impression that part was close, and then we have the tease for you know, the the final oh. element right. of the DLC the, campaign, the, the which big... is still a fair way off, but is kind of yeah. the main course, really, that it's yeah, all so been leading to. February. So again, it's something coming very sudden. February fifteenth is the the DLC phase three, and then phase four. Uh, we got to see a very quick story sequence tease. This is the big. This is the story DLC they promised. Um, and in it we saw a um Shulk and an adult Rex. Yeah, that's that's certainly what it looked like to me. You know. Oh, uh, that's that's Rex. That I mean, if the, there's, we know what adult Rex looks like. That's all I'll say. Just, that's he kind of got thrown off of the. Obviously, like Shulk sounds like Shulk. Right, but then Rex, he doesn't sound like him. So, like, but he looks like what but, we know he looks like. Yeah, and, so he's just and he's yeah, holding. They've, they've got a different cast, you know, different voice actually because he's meant to be, you know, fully grown up at this point. I guess like he looks older than in that picture, right? Like he does. significantly older. Well, given given what they're showing, um, it's possible that that picture might. Be the last, or that might be the last thing that Rex, that adult Rex does, for all we know, because he's holding two blade, uh, two um, monados, which makes sense. Um, and it appears that the character that the two of them are yelling at is Alvis. Yep. Yeah. Which is which is going to answer something that comes up in the spoiler cast of what the fuck is Alvis? Uh, so they might. Be planning to give us an answer to that question, which is which is kind of an interesting question because it fundamentally deals with the plot of one and two, and might link them in a much more explicit way, and then explain how three happened. Uh, but that means Shulk and Rex are in the same world at the same time. Yeah, Shulk just seems the same. Like he doesn't seem older. Right. I don't know. Whether, I mean, that it could just be some kind of offshoot from his like quasi divine nature or whatever you know? oh, i mean and, and we talked about like just because rex and shulk hear each other's fight we don't know that time passes at the same speed in these places yeah, God or- knows, yeah but they, 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 it's not we don't have yeah, a, a different looking shulk whereas we do have yeah, quite a different looking and sounding rex yeah, significantly older Rex. Just a bit where you mentioned uh, Grandpa that actually really kind of solidified yeah. it for me. Like, oh, yeah, yeah that no, why he really you is Gramps. Yeah, it really is him. Yeah, because he's the only person who calls him Gramps. Um, yeah, it's him. Like, there's no question. So then, then it's like, okay, why are they together in the same place? Because the things that bring the world together seem to have happened after his time. Because we don't, you know, when they're planning for dealing with it, we don't see him. He doesn't come up. So why are they together? And we might have the answer. We might not. But it's, uh, it, it caught my attention for being on the screen for all of 20 seconds. Yeah, it was, it was a brief, brief tease. But again, it's really just kind of feels like, yeah, this is what you're, this is what you're paying for when you buy the DLC and everything. It's not, you know, it's not as bad as like, oh, look, Link's got a t-shirt while you wait. But right. <laughs> like the other stuff is <laughs> not really the point. Yeah, this was the big one. Um, all right. So next up, uh, this leaked a little bit ahead of time. Uh, Samba de Amigo is back. <laughs> and, uh, this <laughs> really time. It leaked before. <laughs> it leaked, it leaked like 
a couple hours ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, image of the box did, and everybody was like, "Excuse me." Um, it's also called Samba de Amigo Party Central, which which gave this brief fear of like, "Oh God, is this a party game?" Did they make a Samba de Amigo, Amigo party game? Uh, it's not. Don't worry about that. It's a Samba de Amigo game with multiplayer. Uh, Gearbox does not appear to be involved this time, so it might potentially not be terrible. Uh, if you if you didn't realize, they made the Wii Samba de Amigo game, and that game is dog shit. Um, but that does not. So preclude. the the issue was not the Wii tech. I mean, I don't. I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, so, will so will the the Switch handle it better? What I am not saying, I want to be clear. What I am not saying is You're saying that this is a hundred percent a sure thing. This <laughs> game will control amazingly. Absolutely not, because I Wii is garbage. I've the, played gotcha. the original Samba de Amigo on the, the dedicated Maraca hardware and didn't think it was particularly good. But I am yeah, simply I, saying... I, I, did, I got to use... A friend of mine had a Dreamcast and Samba de Amigo and I used it like a couple of times or something and I really genuinely couldn't tell if it was that I was dog shit at it or they were wonky. <laughs> like, that, was, that was my, it, my feeling. It was, like, I don't really think I played a rhythm game before that. So it was a foreign mm. concept to me. And then I did, I think after that, I saw somebody Amigo in an arcade once. Yes. Uh, and that, it was that's still where tough. it started. Yeah, that was yeah. Really, yeah exactly. That, that, that was pretty tough going as well. But yeah, this was long before I played, you know, was, you heard about rhythm games uh, you know, for a while before then, especially like Parappa the Rapper got quite a lot of good coverage back in the magazines and all that. It was on PlayStation. I never played it. So it was like, it was a totally different world for me. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be kind of it, it, it appealed to me the idea of it, the sort of silliness of it. But I was rubbish at it, and yeah, I can't imagine we in its original form. You know, like the, the, there's a reason why Wii Motion Plus was a thing, and right. yeah, that speaks to the fact that the original Wii Remote, while it was perfectly understandable that someone would go, "Hey, we should do bring Samba Amigo back for that," it, it wouldn't actually work very well. Because yeah, it's the, uh, you've got the kind of, you know, you could go, you, you obviously maraca in each hand, and it's, you've got the kind of high position, you know, straight position and the low position. And, you know, it tracking that successfully. Mm, yeah. It, I, it, it was probably never, it was probably pretty, I, I, mean, I don't want to absolve the developer of, you know, perhaps they could have done a better job, but it, it, you, right. you, you were kind of, uh, had the deck stacked against you at the beginning with that. Whereas, I mean, the Joy-Con, you know, has more advanced motion sensing kind of in it, in more nuance, you know, I, I would assume it's at least possible to, to make a better kind of emulation oh, yeah. of the way those old arcade controllers worked. Yeah, I, I am merely saying that. I'm not suggesting that the removal of Gearbox guarantees anything. I am simply saying the addition of Gearbox guarantees failure. So, um, maybe this is, maybe this is addition by subtraction. It, I mean, it looks, it looks colorful and nice from what we saw, but who, well, who develops this? Uh, it, I don't know that we have an answer to that question. So probably just Sega internally. Yeah. Uh, and probably with partners, like they've probably contracted some work out, but. Gearbox was primary developer on Samba de Amigo Wii, and it's not good. 
Um, all right. I don't think we have that much to say about Samba de Amigo. Uh, the next one up is the, uh, this is, this is the game that caused all kinds of weird anxiety in the NWR Discord. Uh, this is the, uh, Fashion Dreamer for Switch. Uh, this is a game that looks a hell of a lot like, um, style savvy, artistically, stylistically, pun not intended. Uh, the character, the character models. Like, this looks a lot like a style savvy game, but it doesn't have the style savvy name. Um, and for those of you who aren't aware, friend of the show, Surround McNulty, is, um, way too into style savvy. To the point where she once insisted that John and I play a game about fashion. Yeah, I mean, that's already come up on Twitter, so, you know. Yeah. So. Oh, and for uh, the record, it's, I believe, I, I might have gone through a couple of names, but I think it's like, they settled on new style boutique in Europe. Like, I think they ended up releasing more of them in Europe they, than they, they did, did in America. They did more of them in Europe. Yes. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, it was what, girls mode in Japan, I want to say. Girls mode, yeah. And then, yeah, they, they kind of got localized a couple of different ways in the West. But yeah, it's, it's been a while since the last one on 3DS at this point. So, uh, this, this led to a question of, is Sin Sophia the developer here? Because it looks a lot like a style savvy game. Uh, and the answer is yes. Sin Sophia is the developer. Uh, you might know them formally from their name as Aki, uh, of Aki Engine fame. But th- what they've been working on, amongst other things, are the style savvy products. And so they are making this for Monolith Soft, being published by Xseed in, in North America. Uh, Monolith? Um, Marvelous, maybe? Marvelous, yeah, marvelous. Um, and it doesn't mention, like, any kind of business components, which is a big part of the style savvy games. Um, but instead it talks about finding people online and giving them a like, which led to Seren coming into the Discord and basically saying, fuck, giving them likes. I need to know about business. Uh, and being and just trying to figure out if this was a uh, Sin Sophia game or not. Uh, so, John, I need you to buy this game and go online and friend Saren, but don't tell her that that's who you are, at least not right away. And all I want you to do, I don't want you to interact with the game in any way except like every single outfit you can find with her on it. Because she cares about likes a lot, obviously. Just, I will just undertake keep, this mission. This is This is a mission only you can take. And maybe post a screenshot every time you do it. I think I think you know, that what, would really. You think maybe a phantom Twitter account that would just constantly yeah. update? Yeah, it w- it would be called like at Seren McNan out McNan outfits. I don't know. Or, or or liking Seren outfits. There you go. That's yeah. it. And it's just yeah. a screenshot of the like every time. Seren outfit <laughs> fan. Sound good. <laughs> do it. <laughs> um, this does not have a date. Just twenty twenty three. That's that's all there is to say about this game. Um, it exists. Uh, we got the more. I don't think we got much in the way of new detail. Like we knew this thing existed, but we got video of the Castlevania Dead Cells DLC. I think we got a date and a price. Yeah, you you can order it now in a bundle yeah. with Dead Cells or by itself. Yeah, it looks nice. Then we got this of uh, another Tron game, which if you had told me in like. 2006 that there's going to be like nine Tron games between now and then I would have thought you'd lost your mind but uh, there's a Tron game 
I don't know that we really need to talk about it unless anybody wants to talk about this this Tron visual novel that exists now. The uh, the next announcement up is the one that that probably caused me to explode and also made me the most frustrated. That uh, as this direct was starting, uh, Twitter went offline and nobody could tweet because everybody was rate limited. Because that was also when Twitter launched their "you have to pay to tweet" thing for like. Uh, people using the API and apparently applied it to themselves. So nobody could tweet during the entire Nintendo Direct, a format created entirely to cause social media, uh, social media ripples. And then social media being a product entirely designed to monetize those ripples uh, completely fell apart. And so I could not tweet at that point the following phrase. Oh my God, it's fucking Ghost Trick. Jesus, it's fucking Ghost Trick. I can't believe it. We're finally here. It's Ghost Trick on Switch. Oh my God. Oh my God, this is amazing. This is the best day ever. Which is what I would have tweeted or something something approximating that because Ghost Trick is coming to Switch in HD and it looks awesome. Has, has everybody here played Ghost Trick? Oh yeah. Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm excited mostly because finally I'll be able to force Karen to play through it. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I know, but like she struggles with the puzzle. So like the idea was to play it together. But like, so uh. we, we tried on a DS doesn't really work even an excel it's uh it's too small <laughs> tried on a, a an ipad but uh, again like it's not super comfortable so finally on a tv uh yeah definitely um, yeah, i guess we we'll have to like, say is... well that kind of works on tv the whole like you know yeah, like maybe like, maybe like pointer functionality like with the joy con or something Maybe, but I think you... I don't know. Like This is a game where I, I think you can just use a stick to, to move the cursor I mean, around and it, it's going to work fine. It mostly just snaps the target anyway. Yeah, right. that's true. It's, it's been a while. I haven't played it since the, the, you know, it was new. So it's been a while uh, you know, for me to remember exactly how it kind of functioned. But just the fact that it's only been on kind of touch devices to this point was making me wonder you know, how well it would uh, translate. But yeah, I'm sure it'd be fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never played Ghost Trick, so I'm curious. You need, if- to, you need to play Ghost Trick. Well, yeah, that's what everyone who's played Ghost Trick tells people who haven't played Ghost Trick. You got to play <laughs> Ghost Trick, <laughs> and they're right. Exactly. I know, but it's like, uh, yeah, like the it's basically the story is so good, but like especially certain parts of it. But you can't talk about it without no. spoiling it. So, right, you got to play Ghost Trick. <laughs> yeah, like, like I, th- I think you're right, though. I think part of the reason people who played Ghost Trick want other people to play Ghost Trick is so they have people to talk about Ghost Trick. <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. Um, it's the Xenoblade X problem where like you're yelling at people to play Xenoblade X so you can talk with them about Xenoblade X um, and how mad it's made you. Uh, all right, so that that's that. Then we actually got a pretty big block on a new thing called Deca Police, which is an insane name. Um, about being a detective in a virtual world, Decopolis. I'm not even making that up. Uh, this is a very anime-looking open-world detective combat game uh, where your character just pulls out a fucking gun and gats people. Uh, it looks really nice. It kind of reminds me of... Um, you know, we were talking about it in the Discord. I said it looks like an, an anime for nine-year-old boys. Visually, but that, I'm not saying that derisively. I mean, it looks like an anime for nine-year-old boys that had a lot of money spent on it. It looks like a level five game from like what level five would look like if they were still making games. <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, we'll make that might come up later. 
but we don't know much about it. We didn't see much in the way of gameplay, but they gave it a lot of time. Yeah, I don't know really. Yeah, I don't really know what to say about it. It didn't like I, I could tell that I'm not the the target audience here. Yeah, um, nine year old Japanese boys. <laughs> yeah, Dickasim. I don't know. It looks cool, and it, it is it is a level five game. That that was the level five. Level five has has made some kind of resurgence in this direct. They're going to come mm-hmm. up again. Detectives will also come up again. This is the weird. This is the weird detectives direct last time it was farming there are no farming games this time not really uh, but yeah it, it looks it looks i mean it looks like a level five game with the huge budget which i don't know where they got the money to have a huge budget um uh, but i might like I'm, I'm curious to i mean this game could could easily end up being a seven and just be like oh it's it's boring ass gameplay that looks nice level a level five game uh right. but it could be cool, like it, it 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 made an impression, considering it showed almost no gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, th- it, it does seem like a turn-based RPG from where yeah. I'm standing. But yeah, we think we got to see like three turns worth of combat. Right. We got a lot. It, it was a lot of like here's the story and setting stuff. Uh, we got a deep dive on uh, Bayonetta Origins game. So I hadn't seen this like I, I, I when it was first announced, and and so I was kind of shocked at how it looks. Yeah, it's it's very much going for like storybook. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's kind of kind of this bit of Okami you know, in there, but also yeah, more explicit kind of pop up storybook imagery. I talked about it obviously with the because there's that snippet that, that is included in Bayonetta three. Um, yep. You got mm-hmm. to see a bit more, basically, of, of like what the this kind of. I, I guess uh, I, I haven't played it, but it sounds like it's a little bit analogous to uh, the game Two Brothers, where it's like you're, there's this kind of quasi cooperative uh, yeah. kind of play, but it's just you with two analog sticks controlling two characters. In this case, the young Bayonetta, Teresa, and Cheshire, the, the, the this demon that's come into uh, her soft toy, uh, and uh, that, that also pops up in Bayonetta three a lot. I do, I do, the, the, the obviously it's a lot more stylized in this game mm-hmm. because the whole art style is more stylized. But even in Bayonetta three, the Cheshire design is kind of amusingly bizarre and garish. It's like something... But the the thing that uh, sprang to my mind, which may not resonate with anybody, uh, is like... uh, Do you remember that cartoon in the 90s called Ah, Real Monsters? I do, yes. It's kind of like something out of that. Like, he's got this garish colour scheme, these old teeth, like, bizarre... He's got this, like, psychedelic nightmare going on inside his mouth. It's so weird. (laughs) And he's like, he's a giant, like, cat toy but his like tail like goes from being a bobtail to like a fifth arm that just extends and beats the shit out of things with it he's so and he rides like a penny farthing or something it's just you know, it's right so like weird. it's very totoro like uh when it yeah, it's kind the of like yeah, thing. F- fucked up Totoro, like nightmare you know, like, Totoro. Yeah, that, they're yeah. definitely going for that because again, it is like this meant to be like this little soft toy that you've seen the young version of Bayonetta carry like in the first game, 
and now it got possessed somehow and it became this thing in Bayonetta 3. So I guess that's really like the point of the game. It's like, well, how did this soft toy become this bizarre nightmare to totally? I think, well, you know, if inquiring minds did want to know, they're going to find out in this game. But, you know, it does, it looks kind of interesting. The kind of, uh, you know, it seems very like puzzle driven. You know, it's this kind of you know, using the two analog sticks to control the characters independently. You know, like Chet is the one that can actually engage with enemies, but Bayonetta's got to kind of, well, Serrazer's got to hold them still for him or do some other things. And he seems to go through like some different elemental, like, thing, you know, he's like his different colors in different parts of the trailer. So he probably takes on different abilities associated with that or something. So kind of looks interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, I hope it's it's good uh you know kind of thing i'd be somewhat interested to check out myself i i reassert it will bomb <laughs> there is no uh, oh yeah it's, it's so it's sad I, you know because it looks like it's you've got a, a good amount of sort of artistry and, and, and you know kind of uh, love put into it but I, I really would be surprised if it's anything other than uh uh you know a flop sadly but I even, hope it- even with modest expectations surely attached I hope it was budgeted appropriately. Yeah, I mean, yeah, way. I'm sure it was to some extent, but it's still, yeah, might struggle. But it's quite close at hand, so because it's, uh, I think, uh, something like three weeks after Kirby or something, you know, in the middle of March. March so, 50, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, they do need to kind of uh, talk about it and talk it to try and sell people on it because, yeah, it's not, <laughs> you know, it's not going to sell itself. That's for damn sure. No. Uh, next up was Splatoon 3 DLC, which was predictable when we saw the Splatoon sales numbers come out like two days before this. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah, the, this, as has often been the case, I think most years they have a direct in February after the right. earnings report for the final quarter of the preceding calendar year. Uh, you know, yeah, Splatoon 3's crossed 10 mil. Already, so yeah. you know, yeah. I, I mean, you, you look at how they did things with Splatoon Two DLC was always going to be part of the package. But uh, one thing I've just uh, this was bizarre to me the way they kind of presented this in terms of trying to make it seem appealing because it it seemed to me like it was exactly what we talked about with the Xenoblade Three DLC. It was like, okay, there's two parts to this, but it, the second part is like the actual bit. Much like oh, yeah. the fourth and final part of the Xenoblade 3 is, is actually I what mean, you want. You could trace that behavior all the way back to Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah, yeah I already did with the, the, the crack yeah, about the did, teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So, the, but the, the point is this, though. is that, like The first part is just like, oh, well... The, that you can have the old hub town back if you want. Right. <laughs> like, which is mm-hmm. like, okay. And again. But they sell the same shit. A lot it's of the time, like- a lot of the time, yeah, we've, you know, the, the link in his t shirt, like cosmetics and stuff like that is what's in there first and all that. And then the next bit is what you want. But, like, they just gave this glimpse of seemingly, I think, you know, one of the kind of idle characters from the second game. In this weird world that's been completely bled of all color, and you know, that's like teasing what the presumably like the sort of single player, you know, maybe like Octo expansion style like stuff right. will be in the second, but they called it Side Order. They did. So it's right. like, it, that's exactly the impression you should not give people because it's like, no, just changing the fucking hub town is the side bit. And that's, that's Call the main this main course. course. Uh, I know it's, like, it's probably 
I know it's, it's probably side, tied to the story. Uh, yeah, I but, know it's a side or, you know, to like the main game. Like you know, it's, it's it's to Splatoon three. I guess it's a side story. It's you know a bit on the side, whatever you want to say. But for this DLC pack, that's the big part. That's the bit you want. That's the bit you got to hold on. This and then maybe if you think, oh well, I'm going to buy that anyway. I may as well give them my money now so I can have the hub town you know in copolis or whatever look different but uh, it's not an accident because side order is obviously a pun of some kind so they thought about the wordplay here it's just you shouldn't have got with with it it, it, to me it just like kind of suggest it it may have conveyed the impression obviously a lot of people watching these things they know how nintendo does these dlc kind of you know how they parcel it out and they're just trying to kind of get you to you know, pay a bit earlier, basically, you right. know, with some minor perks. Like they, they, they know this. So, for a lot we've, of people, we've it's called co- it the power of compounding interest. It, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of it. But it, it, so, yeah, for a lot of people, it's, it's not going to be an issue. But you know, the, the, just that there'd be anybody that's kind of like, so I, I, from this, I meant I'm going to take that changing the cosmetics of the hub is the main part of this DLC. It's not going to give them a favourable impression. It's not... They're not no. going to... Are they going to look at how much it costs and go, no? <laughs> See, I, I, I assumed the side order term comes from the story of the side content and nobody just had the good sense to think of like, oh, there's an extra implicit meaning here we should avoid. Yeah, no, I, I can only assume that is exactly what's going on. But, um, but yeah. the other... The other part that's that's baffling is okay. All right, so you're gonna put back the hub worlds of one and two, and that includes the the musical performances in two, or in the first game. Great, awesome, good job, you did it. Um, but then they're like, but don't worry, the the shops will all sell the same stuff. So pick the one you want. No, I'm paying for DLC. Let me buy new shit. Like, make it so if you go to the shops from the first game, you see things from the first game that aren't available in three. If you go to the second one, you see stuff. I mean, it's Splatoon. It's not like you're going to get a huge power buff by having access to some items or others. And, you don't. I mean, it might not be super balanced, but it's Splatoon. It's already not exactly the most balanced thing in the world. If it's mostly just outfits, like, okay, cool. Like, like, give people some extra options for buying your DLC. Like, make it, make those sections have some side missions yeah, it's or gonna, whatever. It's got to be something like that in there somewhere. I don't know, but it. Yeah, I, I just thought the yeah, the messaging was that with that was not great. Like, I'm sure a lot of people that are watching avidly know the score, but you know, like you said. 10 million people bought Splatoon 3. That's a lot of people that may, right. and some of them are not necessarily going to know exactly, you know, the, the way you know, that these things go and, and be able to kind of uh, just pass that from from this kind of uh, deliberately oblique kind of glimpse at what the real kind of uh, um, bulk of the content uh, in the DLC pass is going to be with just the, you know, that, that kind of, it's meant to intrigue, obviously. You know, for people that oh, all this, you know, glimpse of the world without any color in it, but it, it just, yeah, this uh, a bit of a uh, minor bungle there. You know, not really putting your best foot forward, but I am sure it'll get. You know, those blanks are naturally going to get filled in, and people will have you know a, a more solid basis uh, on, on which to make a decision. 
you know, before especially that second part of the DLC hits. But if you really want, you know, this is clearly their strategy is to get people to kind of pay before they really need to. You didn't right. uh, you didn't do a great job here? No, and and they've they've not been good at this. Like they've 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 been doing this now for a while, and they just can't seem to put together a compelling DLC package front to back, except for like the Mario Kart ones. Where, where they're apportioning out the content in proper quarters. And I get it. It's because they, the bigger content, the cooler stuff takes more time to make. And so they put out what they can so they can get the DLC while the game's still hot in people's minds. I get that. And yeah, it is the power of compounding interest, but also it's the power of leveraging the marketing you did when the game launched. To yeah. The best and, ability and, to you know, and when it's still being discussed. Uh, online social media and people right. are still streaming it on Twitch and YouTube and everything. Yeah, I mean, the currency is is very much the name of the game. It, 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 that's an excellent pun because it's it's true In both every ways. Sense. Uh, um, next up was we've already we we knew this game existed, but we got we got um a deep dive on Disney Illusion Island. Uh, which mechanically looked a little bit more complicated than I expected when it was announced a while ago. Um, it kind of looked like ju- um, multiplayer, less difficult, and certainly a lot less bleak Hollow Knight. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, like just just how the characters were moving around the stage. Um, there's a lot more. It, there are, you know skills that you unlock and find to get better locomotion capabilities uh combat seemed to be part of the movement mechanics which again that would be that would be relevant and i'm not look i'm not saying oh this is like hollow knight no i'm just saying like there there's more to that game than i expected mechanically uh based on what it was but also visually like it's got a very distinct style that is doing a really good job of capturing what the current um Disney preferred uh, look of Mickey and Co is in in animated television content, which is not which is a very non traditional looking Mickey. Uh, which I, I don't even know what that means. But like if you if you know if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It's just, it's very rough looking style, um, where it, things are not particularly detailed. There's a lot of thick lines. Um, uh, it's 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 very like Mickey historically has been a very polished design. Like all it's very smooth character model and it's very clean. And this is not that. So it's interesting that that's what they're going with, but it looks nice. I don't know. It's going to be good, but it looks, it looks better than I expected. Well, the uh, comparison I thought you were going to make was with uh, Raymond legends, which uh, like everyone is making that comparison because it's a four player uh, platformer. And uh, the, the characters seem to do the same things. Like I'm struggling to find something that they do in here that Raymond wasn't doing. I mean, Raymond uh, does a lot of stuff. So. Yeah, but like they've got like the double jump. That's also a hover. Uh, they've got they they do the wall jumping. Like the the rhythm of the platforming seems to be almost exactly the same. I was shocked when I saw that Ubisoft was not making this. Actually, so, somebody in the Discord made it made a comment that it looked like an UbiArts game, and I get yeah. it. Yeah. Um. No, I don't know why my my brain went went shovel knight when I not shovel knight. I don't know why I kept saying shovel knight, uh, hollow knight. Mm-hmm. Um. When I saw it, but hollow knight does a lot of that same stuff too, where you get things that augment your jumps, you get things that let you do a certain amount of wall jumping, 
other stuff like that. So like there there is some connective tissue there, but I don't it 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 certainly is more interesting to me now than it was when it was announced. Uh, that's that got a date. It's the end of July, so again, it's pushing the limit of that first half of the year, but close enough. Uh, the 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 listed the listed studio for that one is DLALA Studios, which I don't know anything about. Um, Delala Studios cross platform game development. Uh, what have they worked on? Let's, let's see. Let's just see what they've done. Uh, our games. Uh, Illusion Island, obviously. Um, oh, they worked on Battletoads. They're the Battletoads studio. And it, it kind of, it kind of has a similar, well, look, I mean, they, you can't, you can't get after them for making a bad Battletoads game because that means they made an accurate Battletoads game. Yeah, but it was bad in new and novel ways. Well, that's good. Know. That's we call it growth. It's growth for the series. Ugh. Look, look. If you make a good Battletoads game, you've made a bad Battletoads game. I know that sounds oxymoronic, but it is what it is. Um, I don't know that our crowd cares about this. Uh, so I'm the only person playing Fire Emblems, right? Fire Emblem, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not. Okay, so they announced Wave. Well, they announced all the DLC characters because it leaked. So they just put out a trailer. It's like, here's what they all are. <laughs> here's what you already have, you jackals. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's everybody you'd expect. Hector, Soren, um, Camilla, which... Uh, you know, my my joke, Crom, my joke about how they, they sure love uh, incest in Fire Emblem Fate specifically is about Camilla. So I'm I'm glad that she's here because otherwise, how would I remember? Crom uh, <laughs> and Robin are is a combined unit, just like uh, the heroes are from uh, Three Houses. Um, but so the two heroes and the horrible Hitler-style genocidal villain. Um, and then it's Veronica from Fire Emblem Heroes, the the fucking gotcha game, and she actually has gotcha powers. I'm not kidding. She randomly summons other heroes to attack. She has gotcha powers. And they even show them like, oh, it's five-star Ike. It's insane. So um, just for that, just for the sheer uh, temerity of it all, um, I, uh, I bought the DLC. Um, and they also they also previewed the Zel the uh the the stage four again the last stage it's a big story DLC called the Fell Xenologs, uh, where you meet some other characters from another world. Um, so I I started the DLC for this stuff because you the first two characters came out at launch and that's Tiki and um the three house leaders from Three Houses, and. They're fine. Now, of course, the core story of this game is there's 12 rings that each have an emblem in them. And so if there's suddenly six more, how do you square the circle from a plot standpoint? Because the the plot is you have to collect all 12 to do the thing. So what if there's just randomly six additional? And they solve that by going, no, they're not rings. They're bracelets. It's totally different. Um, And nobody ever speaks of it again. Nobody raises their hand and goes, excuse me, that's stupid. Um, But 
yeah, uh, they're going all in on the DLC for this game. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of content. Uh, it's different than how they've done DLC for the Fire Emblem games in the past, where a lot of times it's like you can buy mission packs. This is just it. This is one big pass, and it gives you a bunch of characters, and that's the way it goes. And there's a story thing at the end. Uh, they did launch stage two. Uh, the day of the direct, so going with what we said earlier, I have not been able to access them because I just got through the Tiki mission, which apparently... Un- so, you go you go to a place on the map that unlocks the first one where they just give you the three houses characters. Um, and then the, they all live inside one ring, and somebody does make the joke it must have been real crowded in there. Um, they then... Or one bracelet, excuse me. It's completely different. Uh... Then you get a mission for the Tiki one, and then Tiki basically tells you at the end of the mission, even if the DLC wasn't out yet. You know, there are other friends who are stuck in bracelets. We should go find them. End sequence. Um, And then I guess if you didn't have the DLC, she couldn't. Uh, My guess is if I had let it play out from there rather than just closing it for the night, she uh, more of them would have popped on the map. So um, I found the mission for her fight where she's like, Oh, I can't wait to join you, but first let me test your skills. Uh, to be kind of weird, uh, because they keep trying to pincer maneuver you by respawning enemies. So I just sat there until the game finally just gave up spawning enemies and said, fuck this shit. Did it take me 60 turns? Yes. Was it a good battle? Not in the slightest. Did I win? Absolutely dominated. So, you know, I'll take what I can get. Um, but yeah, it was, it was the, the whole package. It was the fact that they're putting in a character from the mobile game who literally does the gotcha pull animation and summons other heroes to attack. I'm like, no, that's too stupid. I need that's, that's, that's borderline fire emblem, uh, warriors territory, like the Muso games. So this is, you can play as King of red lions shit. Uh, so, <laughs> so we're here now in a core game where they've basically gone full Muso. So, I guess we've glooped all the way back around. Um, let's see. Uh, next, there was a... I, I guess this was a new announcement uh, from Don't Nod, Harmony, The Fall of Reverie. Uh, no offense, Guillaume, but my but as this trailer played, my immediate thought was, this feels like a Guillaume game. Well, it might be. Um, I don't know. I don't hate their games. I... Uh... I've played uh, a few of them, and <laughs> they were generally good. They um, did remember me, right? They did, yeah. Yeah, which which is the most ironically hate game in the world. <laughs> right, like, yeah, like, they also made some games that people like, uh, like uh, Life is Strange. Yeah. But, yeah, Remember Me, I, I, I really enjoyed, but it was a little bit, uh, mechan- well, not mechanically, um, it was, it had uh, some really big flaws, like... Making you hunt for a lore um, in its levels, but then right. putting invisible triggers that would make you force you to move on in the level yes. before you finished exploring. So very frustrating, but the, the writing was good. And then yep. Life is Strange, you know, had its weird uh, kind of quirks with uh, people complained about how like teenagers don't speak that way. No it's one speaks that the, way. The, the hella quirks, you mean? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, yeah, it had some, you know, growing pains. The first, uh, episode had this, uh, had you looking for five bottles in a, uh, um, a dump. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, 
what the hell this is uh this is a lot of fun thanks um <sighs> but then the you know the course corrected people love that game and then uh this looks different but i admit oh, i yeah. didn't pay too close attention to it so uh, it's it's a visual novel from what i can tell right um but i don't i, I they didn't give us a lot to go off of mm-hmm. it's probably the best way of putting it yeah, it just kind of suggested that you're making decisions that were once reserved for the old gods or something. <laughs> so, so, Which are know, the reverie in question. Yeah, that you've they, got, the, yeah, the you've got powers that people shouldn't have. So, yeah, right. I guess yeah, that, that's that. The, the, the thing that made me kind of uh, pay a little bit more attention, I've not very much experience with their games prior, but um, the, the soundtrack is by Lena Rain from Celeste and Chicory yes. as mm-hmm. well, a few other things, but uh, that that's where I you know, would know her work from, and yeah, Celeste's soundtrack is wonderful. So that's always uh, something to make me kind of keep track of it a bit more. Yep. Mm-hmm. At a minimum, we'll probably hear it on, on the, at the end of the show. <laughs> Perhaps so. Yeah, and this is a—I uh, don't know. It looks striking. You know, it it's does. just more and more the 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 line between uh, cartoon and video game is being blurred, and I don't know what I'm looking at. You know, am I looking at uh, traditional cell animation or something that's aiming to to ape that look? And uh, it's kind of honestly hard to tell. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 an eye catcher, certainly. I just it'll it'll it, because it's so dependent on its writing. We'll have to see. Yeah. Um, after that, they like a bunch of sickos group together two things under the under the banner "Find Your Role." One of them was a new trailer for Octopath Traveler Two, <laughs> and uh, and a demo that dropped uh, right afterwards. I, has anybody played that demo? No, there's no demo. What they said was that uh, people who buy the, the We Heart Katamari will have access to a demo of the first game. It's absolutely oh. not exciting at all. No, no, I, no, this is for Octopath. Oh, I'm sorry. What am I saying? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was jumping ahead, like because of the stupid roll pun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The no, other thing they announced, the strange of it bedfellows, was... indeed. Yeah, but that is how that their bad pun is what made that mix-up possible, which is just one of many reasons why it should arguably have not been made. Yes, yes. The, the, they combined Octopath Traveler, which. Te- which is a role-playing game with We Heart Katamari, which is a trash-rolling game. Mm-hmm. So, Octopath, yes, I have played uh, some of the demo. So, how it works is that you, you get to play three hours of the game. Uh, oh. You are limited also to uh, how far you can make it into, you know, the, the, into the Don't map, I run. suppose. Right. Uh, but yeah, you can play three hours. I think that you can go and like you pick one of the eight characters. Uh, you have access to all of them. You can go back and pick a different one if you want. Um, so what I did is because it worked so uh, worked out so well for me, I I, I picked the hunter first uh, because in the first game, like I, I think it really contributed to my enjoying the first game because yeah. the, the the kind of the all out all you know that that character. Right off the bat, uh, off the bat, had uh, this big attack that would just call the the riffraff <laughs> if you were fighting several uh, character uh, enemies at the same time. Right. So it greatly speeded up uh, battles, and so um, I'm not sure that it's as effective here because you've got a different character 
Uh, she's got different attacks that don't have this uh, attack all enemies uh, on the screen thing going on for them. So, but uh, you know, like I, I, um, I don't remember the story of the first game. I don't really care. Uh, I, I think that I'm going to play this just because of the freaking soundtrack. That's one of the things. Like when we first uh, saw this game revealed, like uh, as soon as the the music. Uh, was heard. I was just like, "Oh my god, I fucking love the soundtrack!" And I again, love this we're talking game. about like, We Heart Katamari. No Octopath. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's a roll with yeah, it, it, James. It, come on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> I was. I, I, oh. Anyway, so it's the, the 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 demo. Yeah. So uh, basically, the your save uh, your progress will carry on to uh, okay. the full game when you you get it, and it comes out in two weeks. God, does it really? Yeah, like it's like uh, February twenty fourth or something. It's it's really close. Everything Jeez. seems to be bundled together. A bunch of uh, you know the physical version of some game we're going to talk about later. Or You're right. did we already talk about? Nah. Anyway. February twenty fourth. Yeah. Um, and then moving on, like the the We Heart Katamari reroll. which I had been hoping for for the the well since we uh. uh Katamari Damacy was <laughs> remade, basically. I was like, oh, I hope they make the sequel also, uh, because that was stuck on the PlayStation 2 forever. Yes. Uh, and now it's coming, even with new content, which the... Yeah. Royal Reverie mode. Right, which Katamari Damacy Reworld did not have. It didn't have any it- new content. All it had was uh, HD uh, resolution. It had the same kind of like file system as the PlayStation 2 like it was oh god very much yeah like it was like they barely updated like um even like telling you what the the, the controls was like i was kind of half expecting them to, to talk about the triangle button you know um but yeah we hard katamari um new content you play as a a young uh king of the universe prince of the i can't remember what his king name king of all king of all cosmos isn't that his name king of all cosmos yes uh, uh, and you get the the original We Heart Katamari, which is considered superior to the first game. Yeah, by almost everyone. So, and then so Nintendo Switch Online members can can do a game trial of the original uh, remake, right on the twentieth. Uh, we Heart Katamari comes out in June. Mm-hmm. So actually, two twenty to two twenty six. You can if you have a Switch Online, you can play. Uh, which I probably will because I've actually never played Katamari Damacy beyond like a little bit of opportunities just kind of messed it there. Mm. Um, sea of Stars got a got a deep dive. We haven't seen Sea of Stars in a little bit. It looks nice. I don't know that anybody else here cares about Sea of Stars but me. Well, I care enough. You okay. know, it's a game made in Quebec uh, by people who the the people who made the what was that game? Oh. Uh, Shadow no. something? No. I don't remember. The ninja game that had a uh Jordan Peterson rant in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um The Messenger? The Messenger. Yeah. Yes. Another rant. It had I don't know, life lessons from Jordan Peterson, which made me kind of in hindsight <laughs> regret. <laughs> anyway, whatever. It, it looks nice. It looks really yeah. nice. Yeah, it's got music by um Guest composer by Yatsunori Mitsuda, which means he probably wrote the, yes. the he probably wrote the menu song, and that's it. Right. Um. Uh. Omega Strikers is coming to Switch. 
which people will seem excited about that. I have almost no experience. People seem to like that game. It's like it's like air hockey gas game. This is this is a free to play <laughs> game hmm. worth heroes. Um, so I don't know that much about it, but people seem to, people think it plays really well. So could be something to get to to check out. I don't know, John. Do you have any experience with this one? Because I know I know it no. comes up on PC a bit. Okay. Nope. There, there. I, I do want to quote. I wrote this down in my notes. Okay. This is this is a quote from the Nintendo announcer, and a quote: "Pre-orders for this free-to-play game begin today." Hmm. What does that even mean? Well, you better secure a free copy now before they run out of. Yeah, I don't know. It's such a weird phrase. Like, that, again, if Twitter had been working during this point, I would have had the opportunity to go, what the fuck are you even talking about? But I couldn't because it was still broken. We were now 30 minutes into the direct, the marketing scheme designed to create social media outbursts. Uh, also, I believe Instagram was having problems before Twitter did, and it may have still been having problems during the direct. So, like, although Instagram's not really, like, video game space. So, you know, whatever. Um, so, yeah, that was cool. Uh, the next thing up, something we've talked about. I think we've gotten emails about it. We've gotten questions about it. And this this cemented this as a direct for Guillaume. Guillaume, do you know what was next? I can't tell you chronologically, no. Okay. Was it Game Boy? No. Oh. This is the Etrian Odyssey uh, or Origins oh. collection. Right. I'm already seeing people disappointed that it's not the untold versions, so the the, the remakes that were made for the 3DS. But, but personally, I didn't think that those remakes they they didn't add something that I was looking for, which was like a, a more kind of rigid storytelling device, like a more basically traditional RPG uh, Japanese RPG kind it, of it added, pacing it added- and stuff. It added named characters, essentially. Yeah, and lots of, you know, dialogue that didn't say anything. So I, I didn't care for it. But, uh, so no, so this is basically like a, an HD one, two, remastered three. of the, yeah, one, two, three, the DS games. So the original versions. So right. the, the characters, the character portraits, the, the monsters, uh, all Even- very. Even the like weird background, even the background art for the dungeons, it looks it mm-hmm. looks like Upres DS, but almost like they did it as an effect. Right. Yeah. It's a uh, yeah. I would need to to look at it again, but uh, yeah, it looks good. Uh, it, people are really peeved at the price too, though, because how much these is it? are these are I guess quote unquote full price, but by full price I mean like a full price for like a, a 3DS game. Forty. Um, yeah, like okay. it's fifty yeah. in. Um, yeah, I think so. Well, it's a hundred and fifty in Canada for all three. Oh, that's the price per unit. Yeah, so it's 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 yeah. It, it, what they're doing, I think, is like three for eighty bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, like but, uh, but then they're selling them separately for like forty bucks oh. each. 
So it's, yeah. it's like you get one free quote if if you buy the three of them as a bundle. Otherwise, yeah, it's forty bucks each. So and, and in the UK, it's thirty five pounds for an individual uh, Etrian game. So it's kind of uh, the same price as uh, something else that will come up later on. But yeah, it, I, I mean, <laughs> it's yeah, I, I I don't know, you know, kind of how. I think the biggest thing for me is how well is it going to work. On Switch, right. you know, without the dual mm-hmm. screen, t- like the, the, I mean, I know well, from what I could see from the uh, just from the trailer, it looks like you hold down maybe the ZR or ZL uh, buttons and and move your 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 um, stick around to draw the the map as you're playing. Right. You know, like it kind of uh, switches from the the controlling. The, the main screen and controlling the it kind the of kind of looks like a, map, a Twitch so. stream or something with the you know you've got the, the, the yeah. four by three yeah. like visual of the what would have been on the top screen on DS and then we've got another little box out of the you know what would have been the bottom screen with the map that you yeah you drawing and stuff I mean it's just, I I only played Persona Q two out of that that whole like lineage of games that went from the DS all the way through to the the real end of the three D yes yeah big scone q2 was late um but it's yeah i don't know how well you could really replicate it's just something about having it on the two screens being able to just sort of casually fill in the map like that that we, i don't know how we'll see like we talked about uh with those controls could work um it's just nice that the series is getting to survive what seems like to be mm-hmm. you know i mean look nothing's guaranteed especially things that aren't like hugely successful obviously it was successful enough to keep making a lot of games in this style so you know like it obviously was a viable series but uh you know not so huge that it's survival into the future when there isn't the hardware that kind of makes it a natural fit anymore uh in the marketplace you know so i think it's it's nice that it is uh, surviving in that way. Yeah, I guess one of the things that might have killed, like, putting the untold versions in or, or anything is just, well, there wasn't one of three. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a little bit right. more like, well, you've got one and two have the story stuff, but the third one doesn't. Like, yeah, that, I guess that kind of probably maybe made it easier for them to say, no, no, let's just, you know, remaster. It's basically stuff that was just on DS before they got to 3DS. We had Untold 1 and 2, 4, Nexus, Persona Q, Persona Q2. <laughs> there was a lot on 3DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean- so, so I actually bought Untold Two, and I haven't played through it. Um, so, like w- one tactic that I might recommend to other people who might be in my situation is like just buy three alone, and then Atlas Games they get on deep discount eventually. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I, I mean, I, I, when you talk about people bristling at the price here, you, you kind of feel like some of that is probably in the context of the deep sales that the Etrian games have been on on the 3DS eShop and many, many times, but even just relatively recently, even as the store's about to sunset, you know, they still go on these deep discounts, you know, that people can buy. So, you know, that, that will, uh, you know, there's a reason why Nintendo doesn't tend to uh, discount things more than 30%. Like, it does start to make people, you know, affect right. the way that people look at the value of the thing in question if you keep doing that. <laughs> it's uh, not really a shock that that response has, uh, has been in effect here. 
Right. And I, I swear, like, if you don't need three almost identical games, like, you don't need to buy them all at once. They're like 40 hours, too. <laughs> yeah, at least. At least. So by the time you finish one, like, you're, you're going to get a sale on the next one. Yeah, so that, that you're, you're going to end up paying less. The whole getting one free thing, you'll probably still come out ahead if you choose to buy one and two eventually, if you just wait long enough for them to, uh, you know, fall in price somewhat. So, yeah. Okay. It's yeah. really you really have to be you know, uh, looking at it, thinking, "Look, I wanna, I wanna chain these things together because you know maybe you you've played you played out the 3ds stuff and you've had a pent up appetite for Etrian that uh, you know you're ready to go all in straight away. Other than those people, yeah, it, it seems like the patience is the way to go. Um, it. It does like it does look like it was large. So I mean, one one good news is that it means they finally upgraded the Etrian bot that just makes Etrian games because the rate they used to publish these things implies no human was involved in their creation. But now we've got HD ones, so maybe they'll maybe we're back. Maybe we're gonna get the monthly Etrian game we were getting at some point. But this it it looks nice. The the up-res, I mean, it does look like they deliberately went for make the 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 3D stuff, the dungeon exploration, the first person stuff, look kind of grungy, uh, because that's that's how it looked on the DS, um, mm-hmm. and it it's kind of an interesting effect as a result. Uh, this is this is June one, by the way. I don't think we'd mentioned the date. It is right on the halfway through the year. Um. Uh, Next up, hey, reboot camp's finally glad. I'm glad. I'm glad the war's over. Uh, well, actually, no. Reboot uh, camp is finally coming out. Quote in a couple of months. End quote. Right. I yeah. You said on Discord that that made you laugh, and yeah, I had the same reaction. It's like, okay, why the extra two months? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or why not just talk about it in two months? Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I, it's funny as obviously you know this as we kind of already teased with the whole like belated but sudden theme. Like, yeah, there's right. stuff here that was and it's out today. And if I had to guess, Advance Wars would have been the kind of my pick probably oh, yeah. because we know it's yeah. been done. Like that's obviously not in question. And also, do, do we think that they just want to give room for Fire Emblem to yes. you yeah. know, not suck all I, the air I out think of the that room? Is probably what is at work here is the reality of it you know because yeah there is a certain amount of overlap there uh you know with the gameplay styles although i mean it feels like there's less overlap than there used to be now that you know fire emblem has um you know kind of uh, found the uh, the the fountain of uh, the mobile game, you know, it's clearly based on what James was talking about. The DLC, it's feeding back into the main series. Oh, yeah, you know, if anyone had any doubt that that was going to happen, it's happening. Uh, so, but yeah, still, yeah, the, the fundamental kind of strategy gameplay there's some overlap there so yeah I, I'm sure that's it but you you know what I mean just like the fact that something is already so again belated it kind of feels that almost kind of natural that would have been like yep yeah, it, uh, you know it's it's here um and and also just because like I don't know how well served it could be by kind of like 
uh, a promotional push at this point. You know, it's kind right. of it's just been dealt a bad hand by circumstance, yep. and you know, at a certain point, you just got to put it out and get back what you can. And uh, hopefully, I mean, fundamentally, those games are good games. I played them before, so you know, you've got something to work with there. Uh, you know, the, the kind of the the aesthetics, I think, uh, you know, kind of work for what I've seen of them in terms, of especially the very toy-like kind of. Um, images of the actual units you know going against each other so yeah I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's coming but I just uh, you know at this point it's like I don't know do you feel like it's just waiting for something else to, to, to go wrong in the next two months or it's like well nah it's already everything's gone so wrong you can't really you, you can't really get much worse so it's just gonna well, happen in two months it, it- and we talked about this when we did the email on it. It was this week, like when they ca- when they canceled the release, like it was very. I mean, it was the very beginning of the war, and it everybody believed, and I mean everybody believed that we were headed towards some. I mean, it's it no. Let's be careful when I say this. It's been completely horrific, and I said it in the episode we came up in. I'm going to say it again. Everyone in the Russian administration is a war criminal, and if any of them end up on trial in The Hague, it would be beautiful. Uh, it won't happen. We're likely going to have to rely on other Russians to administer justice, which is the way it is. But none of them are anything but guilty of horrific criminal activity, genocide, crimes against humanity, war crimes, viol- uh, acts of aggression. Basically, any any charge you could have thrown at anybody following World War II, they're all guilty of it. So... Be that as it may, at the time we thought we might be looking at that on a national scale rather than a regional scale. Um, it's not for lack of effort; it's just for lack of competence and lack of what's the opposite of corruption? Lack of good governance, lack of yeah, um, some sort of like institutional efficacy, you know, like yeah. actual actual functioning institutions. <laughs> Lack of competence, lack of social um, capital, uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, it turns out running your government as a kleptocracy is probably not a strong decision when you actually have to use it. Go figure. Um, so it, now their idiocy, ignorance, incapability, remarkable degree of fallibility, um, is a net positive for the world and for the poor countries on their border, but um, this, if, if it had gone the way we were fearing, this game may have never come out because it may have been like, okay, it's done. This is real bad. Uh, but that alternatively meant it meant it hung around in the news. And so I guess at this point they've decided now doing it in springs a little bold because that's probably when things are going to heat back up after this winter lull. So, you know, Choices, but I mean, at this point, like, unless something dire happens, I can't imagine. Well, something, something more dire, something more dire than the already dire. So they're probably, they said they just get it out. Like, but in a weird way, I don't want to say it's going to be good for this game. I did clear, clearly, this is not good. I don't know that it's going to hurt it that much because I don't know that it would have gotten a ton of attention anyway. It's a remake of a GBA game from 20 plus years ago or two GBA games from 20 plus years ago. They're not even mentioning intelligence systems in connection with this game, even though it's their game being remade by WayForward, but it's their game. Um, we talked about that with the uh, Xenoblade Tide. Well, actually, that wasn't on the episode yet, was it? Okay, we'll get to that. Um, but 
it that it was it was obviously a very modest project to begin with so it's possible that like this weird connection might have gotten more people to pay attention to it because for the last year people have been saying like it's poochie where's advance wars um and in a weird way even though that was done almost as a meme and as a joke uh it at least I, I would argue that brand awareness is up as a consequence. Not that they did this for marketing purposes. I think Nintendo looked at the hand this game was dealt and just said, oh, fuck, we could be looking at, you know, some real horrific images that we're about to see. And we did. Um, and then we're going to be releasing a game about one country invading another. It's probably not the time. A cartoon game where war is fun. Um probably not and and i wouldn't be surprised if reboot camp was also uh a brief reheat of the franchise to see like is there any is there any like marrow in this bone that we can we can go try to get out you know is there can we do something with this franchise they already did one attempt with Bui and battalion wars um the infamous boy. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That, those games were pretty. You know, they, 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 that was still while like uh, the main series was going on, though. I mean, because uh, wasn't, wasn't it like no, basically no, right I, after I, they stopped? I, I'm pretty sure Days of Ruin was after okay. Battalion yeah. Wars Two. Yeah. Okay, which but, which was well, the, the the thud. <laughs> that know, was like, that, but that game didn't even come out in Japan officially. No, I mean, no, like, did, I'm not sure Advance Wars Two did come out like the same way either. Like I, I think maybe that was bundled in with something. Like it, it didn't even get a standalone release, or there's something odd going on for a series that was Famicom Wars, you know, for right. so long. Uh, and then you know, finally, you know, in the GBA generation, we started to get it in the West uh, for whatever reason. The, in Japan, they were at that exact moment we're dialing it back and, and yeah like you said like advance wars days of ruin or dark conflict as it was known i think in europe uh was uh you know not really for the japanese market at all even though right. obviously it was written in japanese because the creators are Japanese, but but then it was never released in it. Although I think perhaps there was a club was Nintendo a club thing, Nintendo. yeah. Well, yes. Eventually, but yeah, some some truly strange stuff. But yeah, definitely, yeah. The, throughout the yeah, basically throughout the aughts, it was a going thing. You know, like in various you know because you had those spin-offs with uh, Battalion Wars on Wii. And GameCube originally, I, but I, uh, I, it, you know, basically, once that decade ended, it's been you know kind of it, it was defunct until now. I could see so uh, Intelligent Systems is not part of Nintendo. Just I have to remind people of that every so often. Now you would be hard pressed to notice this because I think they even share some office space. But um, like Fire Emblem Heroes is a joint project between the two companies and. Intelligent Systems get some cash, some capital out of that project continuing to be successful. I think Cypher was just them. I don't think Nintendo was involved in all irony of ironies. Um, a card game. Now, they might have facilitated, but it is what it is. Um, I could see them wanting to at least reheat this franchise to see if there's anything worth going after, because maybe, you know, Fire Emblem Heroes has been going for a long time for a mobile game. I think I think they just had like their sixth year anniversary or something like that, which for a mobile game is really long time, and it's still getting new content constantly. 
maybe, maybe I, I could see an Advance Wars mobile game working. You figure out the monetization strategy. Um, and this this was also a Discord conversation of you know getting your your uh, summertime fun Olaf. Uh, but there's something there. There's just not enough characters. So how do you get more characters in your franchise? Well, you make more games. And if you if you think I'm joking, uh, Three Houses characters are all over Fire Emblem Heroes at this point. So strike while the iron's hot. Uh, April 21st is the date on this. It's back for pre-order. <laughs> it was up for pre-order, then it was down for pre-order. It's back up. Um, next up, this is the Kirby game, uh, Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Uh, some new story post-game content. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'll defer to one of y'all on this one. Um, well, you know, like it's uh, you get the the original Wii game with the new coat of paint, and also you get uh, new content that unlocks once you finish that game on the Switch. Uh, Playing and as it's, Magalore, um, right? Who Magalore, who lost all his powers or something? And yeah. So you, yeah. Um, it seems to be similar to other modes like uh, that one where in, uh, was it in a Robobot or Triple Deluxe where you played as uh, someone Well, DDD is in Triple Deluxe the beautifully named DDD Tour and then Meta Knight had a campaign in the Robobot kind of post game. And and in those, what you did was like play little segments of the full game um, but you didn't. You didn't have a brand new stage. You, you had basically like it would warp you to a scene, and you pl- would play a, a bit with like that that character and their abilities, and then uh, you would you know make your way to it was the like end. It's like an expedited run through the yeah. game. Like it's kind of like the sort of uh, the the lean kind of version of the campaign, and it's time attack, and you're using a different character has got different abilities. Uh, you know, and it, it's something that goes back quite a long way with Kirby games. I think the Kirby's Adventure remake for GBA had a Meta Knight post-game time attack mode. Okay. The Kirby Superstar Ultra has a Meta Knight speedrun mode. Like So it, 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 that immediately is where my mind went to. It's like, because I, I had that game, Kirby's uh, Return to Dreamland or Kirby's Adventure Wii, if you were buying it in Europe like I did. And it, mm-hmm. you, I, I don't remember it having one of those. You know, like DDD2 was like no, the, the, new. the first one. So yeah. I, I felt like, oh, like they're just they're kind of, I think it had like a, a harder mode or something like it had some kind of post game yes. thing but it wasn't one where it's like oh here's a different character has different abilities mm-hmm. um so immediately that's what i thought but it didn't really like uh explicitly say about time attack or so it was this whole thing about yeah he's lost his powers you're you're kind of giving him back abilities or something like they were kind of focusing right. on that. as you kill enemies you you get basically experience points that go into leveling up abilities and you choose what you level up yeah like the, like this, his skill, mobility or skill his, tree yeah. type stuff but for a kirby character yeah. it, it seems so yeah maybe it's a bit more different from that kind of you know in kirby series so relatively well worn 
format of you know taking the other character and doing a speed run um that uh you know maybe is a little bit more different but we'll have to see but it's something that kind of a natural gap in that game compared to you know the you know the effectively its sequels on 3ds in triple deluxe and um Robobot both had this kind of thing. And I, I always like them. I like the speedrun element, I've got to say. Not because I'm good at it, because I'm generally rubbish at it, but it's it's something to add to a Kirby gameplay that I think is kind of valuable because of, I mean, obviously, like, they oftentimes are different characters as we discussed, like Meta Knight and, and DDD, but still, like, fundamentally, it's like, yeah, it's easy to get from A to B. But doing it smoothly, getting it, doing it quickly is trickier. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, you could just float over stuff with Meta Knight's wings or whatever, but it's about maintaining pace. It just adds this kind of urgency that, you know, I think obviously regular Kirby sometimes kind of lacks because it's such a laid back game. So I always like those kinds of boats. Um, but you know, not entirely clear if this is what. <laughs> you know what that is or you know with Magalore or, or maybe it's something a little bit different but I guess it's fundamentally going to fulfill a similar purpose it was I mean even um Forgotten Land has something a little bit like this uh in the back half of the game a kind of condensed portion of the campaign plays out uh, a, a certain point in that as well so you know uh, w- w- i would definitely be surprised if it's like actually all new level elements or something i'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. it'll be like cobbled together from you know bits of the original game and then maybe you know have some like uh, you know connective tissue that's new or uh, some new elements so they yeah, say well, you, you see like these this place that seems to have like several warps to yeah mm, yeah so like a hub and yeah, just like dimension there, hopping is what the game yeah. says. Yeah, uh, this comes out on the twenty fourth again. I think it's the second game we've said it's coming, and it got a demo dropped as well. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on, big announcement: uh, Game Boy is coming to the Nintendo Switch Online, not not uh, expansion pack. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, and by is coming, you mean it was coming and now right. it's out. Yeah. It, was, it was not. It was not out at the at the time they said it, but came out eh, about an hour or so later. Right. Uh, first wave of games is Tetris, uh, the original green screen Tetris that made the Game Boy the powerhouse it was. Um, uh, Mario, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, Legend of Zelda, Link Awakening DX, Gargoyles Quest, Game, Game & Watch Gallery 3 for some reason? Hmm. And well, then, why not start with the best one? Well, also, I guess it just seemed like they wanted to balance out the uh, original Game Boy and uh, Game Boy Color stuff. So they kind of uh, they went with Link's Awakening DX, which it kind of means the original version is still kind of exclusive to that Game & Watch that they put out, <laughs> the Zelda Game & Watch, because <laughs> they are, every other time they've reissued it, they reissue the color version, which, you know, for the most part, I guess, why not? But, you right. know, it's kind of... Uh, it, it, it was compatible with the with the original Game Boy as well, so like you could see what it looked like. 
And then, yeah, maybe they just wanted to, you know, those in Warrior Land 3, you know, they didn't necessarily go for the first ones in the sequence, did they? You know, no. they, in each case, like Super Mario Land 2 instead of the original, you know, they had some of that kind of early stuff, you know, you kind of, as you'd expect, like you're going to have some you know, mix of like stuff that was really early and then kind of uh, some things that represent but, the various years that the system was out. Right. Like they kind of went that way with it. They had like that uh, Alone in the Dark, that weird Game Boy Color port is one of the games that was a real mind blower. And then <laughs> right afterwards, they announced Metroid 2 for Game Boy, which, yup, uh, we did a retroactive on that. Here's the thing. It's not great. Well, no, it's, definitely, it's not great. Definitely the, 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 probably the way to experience that concept is one of the few Metroid things that you can't play on Switch. It's Samus right. Returns, uh, on, uh, on 3DS. Uh, you know, that, that is definitely, I think, uh, something that's, you know, just, I mean, you know, it's, it's so kind of radically expanded, uh, in that remake form that it's, it's kind of, it's just a different game in many respects. But it does cue to the concept of just like genocide, <laughs> just wipe out all the Metroids, uh, Yep. And, and you know, structurally has you know some of those underpinnings. So you know, like yeah, that that that's the way to you just play that on 3ds if you can. Um, but, you know, the other perk, you're not being shot from off screen with enemies that respawn no, when they knock you is, out of the that, screen. That's the real issue again, as we talked about on that retroactive. It's been said, you know, goodness knows how many times where people discussing Metroid Two, it just went for this big, detailed, you know, Samus sprite. But the 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 downside of that approach on Game Boy was that that meant that the playfield around the, the the playable character become frightfully small, and then yes, you get things attacked you from off screen and it's difficult to kind of distinguish areas from one another especially when you haven't got a map because there's not a lot of detail and you're just not seeing very much around the character I mean it's a very dubious decision I, I will say I think you know when it's in a subscription service like this it's I think it's you know th- this is the way to kind of dabble with it you know sure. for people so it's like yeah I'm sure there's a lot of people that have heard what's been said about Metro 2 over the years and like, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to pay for that on Virtual Console. But now that it's here, something like this, it's kind of the way that, yeah, you know, mess around with it, see how much you could get out of it. You know, I think it has some virtues in there uh, amidst all the kind of questionable decisions and hardware limitations and whatnot. But, uh, you know, so some, some people might find they enjoy it more than they imagine, but it's just, yeah, more, more viable when you don't have to plonk money down up front in this scenario so that that that's a plus uh i'd yeah. say uh, you mentioned wario land 3 kirby's dreamland um yeah i actually they played also, kirby's dream for the first time no ne- i'd never played the original before. i, I kind oh, really? of have hmm. because like spring breeze in uh <laughs> the superstar <laughs> yeah, right. but he's, he's he's essentially a remake oh there's some differences it's uh, basically the whole game yeah yeah it's, it's, i think well there was one bit that stuck out to me that i don't think is in superstar it's like a shoot em up bit in uh dreamland right. like yeah i think that was like they didn't go with that and obviously what they did in dreamland this is the real difference what they did in uh superstar is they brought the copy abilities in whereas in the original dreamland kirby can do that yet they hadn't invented it so like it is interesting to play a kirby game without copy abilities like so you are just 
attacking uh, by inhaling and shooting out enemies. Um, you know, like that. It, it was it was a fun little. You know, took virtually no time at all. But you know, it was uh, it was quite again. It's one of these things. that's like because of the nature of it and because of the other Kirby stuff I played, I'd never got to a point where it's like, yeah, I'll pay for right. Kirby's Dreamland, but when it's here for no extra cost, I was like, yeah, I'll run through that. It was fun. I was done very quickly, but you know, like that's one of the things this is good for once, especially once the, the library expands a bit, you know, from this initial offering. But uh, they will also feature the Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket and Game Boy Color. Yeah, the, the filters, I've... yeah, like, so the filters, I mean, first of all, you've got, you know, do you have it stretched or do you have it at an integer scaling, you know, kind right. of things. So I always go with the integer scaling on that, uh, just always looks much cleaner that way. But yeah, they've got filters, which they seem decent, like they're not, I've certainly seen worse, but I don't think it's as good as M2's, like, uh, original sure. Game Boy filter that they have on those Castlevania Contra collections. Like, it's, it, I don't think it's mm-hmm. that, um, authentic. And they're a bit, yeah, they're a bit dim as well. Like, the, the, the bright, mm. I'm sure it, part of the, you know, they famously were, you know, very, uh, you're kind of difficult to see screens unless you'd be bathed in light. But, you know, like, it's, it's bringing it down a bit too much, uh, for me. Like, and, and I mean, I guess, so yeah, with the original Game Boy, you get the green tint to everything, you know, to emulate that. Pocket is pretty much, you know, the way they looked on 3DS Virtual Console. Pretty much. Right. And then, yeah, if you go with the color filter, then, you know, you've got a pretty sort of, um, no, it's a nice touch because they didn't have this on Virtual Console. They didn't have the color option, you know, what it would look like if you put it in a Game Boy Color. Uh, so that, that's kind of neat, uh, I think. Um, and it, uh, what you get with that particular kind of look as well, apart from the color, is just like the whites are a lot more and if you don't have the like it's pretending to be on a Game Boy Color screen if you don't have that filter on it's just the white pop it's brighter in general right. not just the actual color component of it so that's probably how I'll play most and, of them and I think I think if your game was had a Super Game Boy mode which a lot of games did at, for era where it's like here's the color the default color palette that we recommend. I think those end up looking really good on Game Boy Color as well. Yeah, like I said, I think you know, you, you did have like some that had pre sort of uh, you know, the, the the pre set because you could cycle through different palettes, couldn't right. you? Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think you could do that here on real hardware. No. You had a few that you could go through, but yeah, the ones that kind of had you know kind of some some almost like presets. Like I think Metroid Two was one of those. Like tended to look yeah, really nice on on that. But yeah, I, it'd be nice if you, when you get to something like um, DK ninety four, if they did have the Super Game Boy like mode on top or something. Right, but with I, the I, voice samples and the yeah, like it had yeah. like a different end credit song and and all sorts of things. But I, I'm not expecting <laughs> it. But I, I mean, it's yeah. nice that we've got you know this much, I guess. So, Guillaume, you said before the show you've been playing around with it as well. What did you poke at? Uh, well, I played through Super Mario Land 2. Um, what I came, like, the impression I got from doing that is that uh, I wasted an hour of my time. <laughs> nice. Um, well, <laughs> the reviews are in. Know. 
It's it's interesting in that like it, it was weird at the time because like Mario went to space and like what is this it's hippopotamus? A weird game. Yeah, like with like bubbles coming out of its ears and like you take one. Why does one, Mario you... live in a giant Mario robot? Right. Yeah. Like there are Nintendo blocks, uh, like Lego, fake Lego. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, N- Nintendo R and D one, you know, history lessons were woven into but, the game. Yeah. It's like at some point, it, but the thing is, like now mainline Mario games, like he has been into space and like yep. we've seen stuff that, because like in this game, one of the bosses is the three little pigs, you know, <laughs> one in a straw house and one in a wooden house and one in a brick house. So uh, you kill them all. Um, there's like stuff like that. So it's extreme, like it, it feels really off because it was not made by the main Mario team. But now right. the main Mario team has put rabbits on the moon. Yeah. Uh yeah. you know, based on like a Japanese folklore thing or or yeah, like a, I think it's based on like a children's story or anyway, so so the things have converged a little bit. So Super Mario Land 2 very weird. Like there there is an enemy that's just like a hockey mask with feet with yep. a, a <laughs> knife sticking out of it. <laughs> Um, it, like it, we like say, oh, is that, is that in the like spooky zone or whatever? Like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the pumpkin zone. That's the, yeah, Thank pumpkin you. zone. That's the, yeah. There's just like a Halloween town like thing in this game. Like, yeah, it was right. weirder then, I guess. Like you said, every there's been just so much Mary stuff since. It's it's kind of lost its unique place and it, it also, uh, it's still it's still weirder than no, anything it, yeah, yeah. No, that's true the, the, the full mix but, of things but it's is weird, harder but... to appreciate it it's, yeah, it's harder I... to appreciate the weirdness because it just uh it doesn't stand out as it once used used to uh and also yeah game boy games old and uh, like this is better than teenage mutant ninja turtles like i, I talked about uh, fall of the foot clan the first uh, game boy game uh which was basically ha- like had the gameplay of a tiger electronics uh, <laughs> device uh th- oh, yeah. this is much better than that but it's still very much a very slight game you know very short there's not a whole lot to it i think uh, I, i've talked about this before i think i almost complete or did complete it on a, one of those toy days at the end of term at school where someone's scared because i didn't have a game boy growing up but it's like you know the, mm-hmm. everybody brings it it's the last day of school everyone's brought this shit up someone's got a game boy all right that's it yeah castlevania super mario land this was my chance and yeah you could get through a lot of it if not all of it quite mm-hmm. quite easily but i mean it, the raison d'etre of this thing back then was uh oh you know, you've looked longingly at Super Mario World, but you don't have a Super Nintendo yet. Well, <laughs> like mm-hmm. this is kind of like that. Don't you want this? Um, and right. it, you know, again, we've obviously just like that's no longer operative, is it? You know, like they they no. went on to do much more like portable, specific, and like interesting things of their own with the Warrior Land games. Uh, and you know, obviously, you can play Super Mario World anytime you like on uh, NSO. Uh, you know, through yeah. for the Super Nintendo part of it, and presumably eventually through the GBA part of it as well. Uh, we must assume, but yeah, it, it it just like it's it's again. I think it's interesting as like a historical curio if you just want to fill in your kind of knowledge of you know uh, ser- uh, Mario series history, just like we were talking about Metroid series history. But you know, as a standalone experience, I don't think it's gonna you know like do um great things for people but yeah it is at least you know kind of you can see it quickly 
and um, yeah. get the idea of, of what was going on here. And, and I think if from that historical curiosity point of view, I think the most interesting part of it is how it feeds into Warrior Land, how you got to Warrior Land, you know, because right. obviously it's the introduction of Warrior as the villain, but also just some of the kind of weird ways that the game does deviate from regular Mario action are kind of, you can see the, the seeds of what they were going to end up doing. And, and, you know, generally just games that had a lot more of their own quality and a lot more of their own kind of merit for a portable system with which you can see with Wario Land 3 right it's right there <laughs> right I, I just uh, you know like I played these games to death when I was a kid but uh, today like I so James at some point like there was a uh, news about a new Steam World game and uh, yeah. I went and downloaded the uh, the first uh, the DSiWare Steam World uh, tower defense game yep. and you said something about how you weren't spending 5 minutes on the DSiWare <laughs> tower defense game and I got to say you were right to 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 take that stance because there there's go. no there's no like time yeah, like any time that you spend on this old stuff, uh, that's not as excellent well, or that's not like it's it's basically it's, time wasted, right? It's got to like do something. It's got to do something unique, and yeah. like they they couldn't even give the the game a real name. They called it Steam World Tower Defense, which is not a real title. That's <laughs> that's a description. It's a genre. That's, 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 that's true. Yeah, yeah, that, the the other ones aren't like genres, are they? Is it, you know, like dig yeah. is not a genre. <laughs> Steam World Tower Ice Defense is, not is what genre. somebody. That's what somebody on this show says when they can't remember the name of the Steam World Tower defense game. It's not what they right. should call their game. Anyway, so I had that same kind of feeling playing through Super Mario Land 2. Like, I, I th- this is, yeah, outside of that, yeah, historical curiosity kind of thing, like, it doesn't really have anything going for it that's not a great Mario game. Well, it does, uh, in it, that it's included in the service you already pay for. Yeah. So that's basically it. But yeah, yeah, it doesn't, you know, like, it's I mean, even got some issues with, like, collision detection or, or stuff like that. Like, it's not, it doesn't play that great. It feels a bit wonky. Um, I mean, feels Game Boy a games bit... for the most part weren't that great. They were just sub, they were just mini- miniature yeah. versions of what. I don't, I don't what, know about that. Uh, some of them, I mean. Uh, some of them fare better. The thing with but, this game is yeah. that it's still, and again, some of this is uh, probably, like, trying to show progress from the original Super Mario Land. It's like, oh, again, mm-hmm. I mean, not that it's as bad as Metro 2 all and Turtles in this respect, but again, it's like, oh, look at how much bigger and more cartoony and expressive and like Super Mario World the sprites are. But it doesn't really, you know, that wasn't the best sort of fit for the Game Boy. Now, of course, the irony is they made, like, Wario even bigger and more cartoony and expressive for the Wario Land games, but they made the games play fundamentally differently. They were slower paced right. than you'd ever expect a Mario game to be. They're much more about puzzle gameplay. They, they ended up taking away death altogether. Like, they totally redesigned the games around the fact mm-hmm. that it had this big, slow-moving character and stuff. So they just weren't there yet. They were in this weird interstitial thing where it's like we're pretending to be you know, like Super Mario World's got an overworld map like Super Mario World and all this kind of stuff but it's, just, it's not as good as Super Mario World and the Game Boy was not the place for a game like that you know that, that the hardware didn't really you know have everything that uh, you needed to make a game like that so it's, you know, I think it was just the case of you know they probably especially for the time did a relatively uh, made a relatively good fist of, of the, the kind of um, the brief they were given 
you know, the mission statement of like, give us, you know, Mario World Junior. You know, they did it, mm. but they, that right. that isn't especially you know years removed from that moment in time. It's not the <laughs> the greatest thing in the world. But they also they also made sure to make like if you go look at the the what was Mario uh, Land One. Like it looks very primitive. Yeah, it, no, the, they showed progress, sure. didn't they? It's like, look, yeah, you know, if, if people are telling you that's all the Game Boy can do, well, they're wrong. You know, look at look how good this stuff looks now. Like uh, it looked right. multiple generations, but better. also, yeah, like it had, um, you know, it had this this thing has like uh, secret exits that lead to new levels that are optional. Like this stuff seemed to be seemed advanced back in the day. Well, because it was for someone who owned, a, yeah, a Game Boy. But now this stuff, you, you can't look at it through those eyes again, <laughs> you know, like we're past those days. So it's, it's, it, that makes it just less interesting. Oh. Um, like I, I was playing through it and I was like, oh yeah, like there's a secret here. I remember it. I'm not going to go there. It's just going to make the game longer. I don't want to be playing this for longer than I have to. <laughs> so I, I actively didn't. hate this game. So I hope, I hope this game has a bad day. I hope yeah, this game it, never <laughs> has a cold side of the pillow. Uh, anyway, so so basically, I, I was I was like, yeah, okay, like I I guess this is good to have for quote unquote free or like it comes with your subscription for Nintendo Online. But um, I, I was like, yeah, I, I, I struggle to th- yeah to see who would be that interested in playing these over and over again. That said, like uh, hopefully the library will grow quickly so, enough. Yeah, like, I, I that's the thing. Of... I mean, you know, we're about to enter the platform's seventh year here, so <laughs> you can pick it, up the pace yeah. a little bit. Uh, all right, so, yeah. so announced uh, the two Zelda Oracle games, Pokemon, the trading card game, and Kirby Tilt and Tumble. Note, all of those are Game Boy Color games. Kirby Tilt and Tumble mm-hmm. is interesting. But what's interesting about it is it's a motion sensor game. Like that, that, yeah, the, it is. The idea yeah. that that is actually in a service, because like, I don't think that was on virtual console so like that that would be just something that hasn't come back, come back before but also that they're doing motion sets again i don't know you know because uh, you obviously use this sort of bespoke you just built into the cartridge and actually that's how you did it back then you can have like bespoke technologies each time so like whether right. any are more difficult to emulate but i don't know if that puts warrior twisted in play oh, which I is hope it does. i mean you, well, again it's not going to be the same as that weird clicky no. rumble thing but that it's it had so the, good but it's such a good mm. game that it you re, and, and yeah warrior gold had like pretty much all of it in there and stuff, but it would be great if that was available on the other part of the portable uh, subscription service. But right. also, since like I, I, we don't have to pay for individual titles. Like, sure, like throw Yoshi Universal Gravitation or yeah, I've, I've never played it, so there. that would be the definition of what it's like. The yeah, I'd mess Why? around with it. Why would you turn down a game with such a great title as Yoshi's Universal Gravitation? That's, that's got to be the nadir of the literal title. That somebody, so I somebody should like. I don't like to call people to lose their jobs, but somebody should have lost their job. I think that, that was a problem that, that nobody had the job. Oh, they okay. just left it. You know what I mean? Like they just nobody did anything with it. That's the problem. Just, they needed someone with that job of like, yeah. We no, no no we need to change that. That's that's that doesn't work. That's stupid. Who did this? Who thinks this is a good idea? Uh but you alluded to it. Uh also coming to the expansion pack is Game Boy Advance games. 
So this is now included in your bundle that got you Genesis garbage and N64 games. Uh, we are now sorry, getting... It's a pretty good game for the Genesis. <laughs> no, there are, but there's been a lot of junk lately. <laughs> um, Columns is in there, though, so it's all redeemed. Well, that's, uh, Super Advance that, 4. that's what keeps the whole thing upright, isn't it? Yeah, it holds it holds up the ceiling. Uh, Mario Advance for Mario Brothers Three, which is some fuck shit. Interesting because we choice, have- like I say, yeah, to, to go with that. <laughs> like you might have thought they would have gone with the launch one, you know, Super Mario Advance, which was Super Mario Brothers Two, just because it was a launch game, you know, kind of like uh, you know Tetris uh, fills that role with the Game Boy selection. Although, as well, I did, forgot to mention in Japan they've got like some really early Mahjong game right so that and they don't have alone in the dark so like that was the trade there <laughs> like what a, trade. a really <laughs> early marginal game for a late game boy color game i guess like yeah but weird weird stuff going on there but yeah with, with the gba stuff Marion that's uh four super Mario Bros. three they've got the e-reader stuff just like the wii u virtual console did Yes. So that's cool, but that's it's, right. it, because Mario because Mario Brothers three is already on the service, right? Because I mean the- bo- both, but yes, uh, no, absolutely, uh, it is already there. But th- this version, I mean, you know, it, you've got some of the same problems that you have with these other Super Mario Advance games in terms of losing the uh, yeah, the visible play area around the character because of the low resolution of the GBA relative to NES and Super NES games, but it's not. As bad with this one because, of course, quite a bit of the screen in Super Mario Bros. 3 was lopped off for, like, the P-meter and all that kind of stuff. So, whereas the P-meter is just an overlay in Super Mario Advance yeah. 4, so but it's a pretty good version. Also, like, they, they changed the design in some levels, too. Like, some platforms are just longer than they used to be. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a sure. pretty good... I played through it on Wii U... At, to death, pretty much. I think all the e-reader stuff and all that. It, 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 you know, it's, you know, some drawbacks, but a pretty damn good version with some weird extra stuff. So we've got a Mario maker kind of weird stuff in the e-reader section of other like mm-hmm. items and powers that come from other games getting kind of introduced into Mario 3 levels and stuff. Um, you know, of, of a classic. You know, Mario 3 is, is you know, an all-timer. So, yeah, that, it's, it's uh, obviously yeah not that uh, amazing from the point of view you've already got perfectly good two perfectly good versions because Super Mario All-Stars of uh, Mario yes. 3 available to you but uh, the fact that it's got that e-reader stuff helps justify because they don't always do this like I mentioned before like um, you know with the virtual console like the Wii U one they had Kirby Superstar on the virtual console but they did not have the DS remake of it on so they don't always put all the versions on them. I mean, there's, there's plenty of times they have put rid of what it could be regarded as redundant other versions on Virtual Console, but not always. So this wasn't a slam dunk. And I mean, I guess we'll see if they go with the other ones as well, you know, that don't have something as weird as e-reader content, but you know, like the Super Mario World, for instance, or Yoshi's Island, when they're both on the, the you know, the Super Nintendo portion of NSO. But, um, you know, I think it's worth well, looking it's at. Well, it's not like the GBA had more uh, Mario titles to, to bring, <laughs> you know, like the, the, this is what they had. So mm, Yeah, they didn't have original too. ones, that's for sure. So, yeah, you, you kind of had right. to go with that. Yeah. I, I, um, 
I just, I, I, I just dumbfounded by the like, okay, we're going to throw another Mario 3 at you. Have fun. But also, this the, we talked about the nadir of things. This was also the nadir of the Super Mario Advance naming convention. Oh, definitely the naming is the, is the right. clunkiest, yeah. Because at least like when it's Yoshi's Island, it's like where you don't get like Super Mario twice. Like, and it's such a dumb conceit. They could have just said it's Yoshi's Island Advance, and I guess they were reserving that. I guess it's because that, uh, I don't know whether it mostly came from the American branch, because of course, like in Japan, Yoshi's Island was just Yossi Island, or, you know, it wasn't Super Mario World 2. That was an American thing. And then, so I don't know whether it just like, oh, well, we did that. Back in the day, not even ten years ago. At that point, <laughs> funny, you know, it's a funny thing. You know, there wasn't really that big a gap. Uh, but yeah, so we'll yeah we'll stick with that. The, the you know, kind of attaching oh, the Super Mario branding it, to it. it. It ends up being so bad. Uh, WarioWare, the original WarioWare Micro Mega Micro Games, is mm-hmm. also on the service, which is a great game. Kuru Kururin, which is a import game. Is, was yeah. that available on the eShop? It was, right? So it's, um, yeah, yeah, but on the Wii U. Yeah, I played that for the first time on the Wii U Virtual Console. It was a game that I read right. about back then uh, on uh, Planet N2000, or the, yeah, the, the precursor to Nintendo World Report at that time. Uh, but I didn't get my GBA until... The UK launch in June of '01, and then I went with Castlevania and F Zero. So yeah, I didn't. I could, it kind of passed me by at that time, even though it kind of had good reviews and as an early game, and you know, seemed kind of interesting. But I went back to it on Wii U Virtual Console, and it's, it's pretty good. I mean, you, it's just a you know, a spinning stick in a maze game. Uh, that's that's what it mm-hmm. is. But it's pretty well executed. Yeah. I also have the uh, GameCube sequel. Kuru Kuru nice. in squash, or I think it's called. Yeah, that that that's pretty cool as well. That's irritating stick, is it not? Yeah, I guess so. That, that's yeah. how I've yeah, yeah, it. It, it, it. it is irritating stick. Yes. Yep. Hmm. Uh, but I so I played some Kuru 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 in. Um, so this and Super Mario Kart is what I went to um, for the GBA well, stuff. Super and, Super uh, Circuit. Yeah, that, the Super Circuit. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, Kuru Kuru Kurin, I, like, this is perfect, you know, like, if you've never played it, you wouldn't have given it a shot if you didn't already have it. Uh, well, if you've got the expansion pass, uh, you can play this, so I encourage you to try it. I would tell people, don't get too bogged down by trying to beat the, kind of, the scores, like, the, like, get the medals or whatever it is. Just try to make it through the levels, because that kind of killed my run through the, the game on the Wii U. Uh, but right now I'm not trying to finish stages without hitting the walls even once or without, uh, you know, or trying to beat the, uh, the, the, the ghost times or whatever it is. Yeah. So, um, no, it, it's, it's, it's much, stuff, a much better experience. I think stuff like that, I mean, it's not, it's kind of nice that it has stuff like that in a way, but a lot of that is about self-consciousness of like, oh, this is a retail game. That, and I know portable games are cheaper, but it's like, we, we've mm-hmm. got to give people some kind of lasting, you know, uh, appeal to this game, you know, and all that kind of thing. And it's just like, well, yeah. you don't have to worry about any of that now. You're not even paying specifically for this. Just take what you want from it. Oh, and this is uh, also a problem that uh, Super Circuit has uh, because I, I had forgotten about this, but you Which are. Which I haven't been introduced number... yet, Guillaume. I'm sorry. Well, Mario Kart Super Circuit's also in the list. <laughs> yes. 
And so I played that, and uh, I was reminded that you're scored on the number of coins that you 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 grab as yep. you go around the track, and that's just annoying because like okay, I got the the gold trophy on this uh, cup, um, but no, like you you got like a, a D ranking <laughs> because you didn't grab all the coins nice. as you were going. Oh, you I, know, every time. I I spent so much time getting the best ranking on that. Yeah, you have to like not get hit once. In an entire cup. <laughs> the thing is, I mean, it yeah. was actually doable because it was, you know, it's way less chaotic than current Mario Karts. You know, there isn't as much shit mm-hmm. flying about. You could defend yourself. You can, you know, kind of uh, just if you ra- you could outrun the red shells, if you basically. if you race really well. Yeah, you could just it can be done, and I did do it. But good lord, it took so many <laughs> attempts. <laughs> is this the one where you can do the infinite snaking? That's Maricot DS. No, that's the DS. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah. It, it's, um, it's a little bit idiosyncratic as like the only other mode seven style Mario Kart, you know, so it, it's a bit different yeah. from Mario Kart DS really for me is kind of where, where modern Mario Kart was kind of codified. You know, that, that mm-hmm. it, everything kind of traces back to that. Really, I think that's where they really started to nail down the handling and, and the way everything works. And so whenever I go back to any of the ones before that, whether it's Super Mario Kart 64, Double Dash, this one, they feel weird and they feel weird in their own weird ways, you know, like the, from each yeah. other even. Um, yeah, they're all one-offs, yeah, This right? one, like Super Circuit, I need to check like an online manual or something because I don't know what you're supposed to do with the hop and the slide. Um, it doesn't seem to have the boost mechanic it's, that was introduced uh, I feel like in uh, 64. Something in there, something to do with. Do you have to? Uh, yeah, I, I forget now. But this is like a time when Nintendo was like experimenting with different things. Like in the F Zero game, you had to tap the <laughs> yes, brakes uh, as you were. Yeah. Hammer so. It. so yeah, so expect weird controls, weird things in some of these uh, Game Boy Advance games. Yep. The other two games that were announced uh, are Mario Luigi Superstar Saga. That's the first of the the Alpha Dream. Uh, yeah, the, the, o- the only one on GBA. The, best. the only one on GBA. Yeah, what, what a game! Great game. Uh, just yeah, mm-hmm. for people who haven't played it, obviously there's a remake on 3DS, which I'm sure is very good. Uh, but you know, obviously more expensive. Uh, Rest in peace, Alpha Dream. Yes, that's true. Yeah, the remakes are pretty much there going. Yeah, that will send them on their way, seemingly. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a great game. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I have not played the original version. I've not even played the remake, but, you know, in a long time. But I can only imagine it's the sort of thing that holds up pretty well, to be honest. I just, I don't know what wouldn't, except for maybe a few bosses that, you know, where like, because it's so based on dodging boss attacks like some of the more like prolonged bosses that you might get later in the game had some kind of nasty tricks up their sleeve you know where like you might kind of die the first time because you just weren't sure exactly what you know naturally what was coming but generally speaking it it, it was just uh you know in terms of the length and the the battle mechanics. It was like, yeah, a, a 20 to 25 hour long RPG. Just, like, it was pretty breezy. Just like, perfectly judged for a portable RPG. Yeah. That's, what it, well, that's what it felt like back then, anyway. Yeah. And then the last one was Minish Cap, which is also a very good game, which looks very nice on these no, images. I really, I really like Minish Cap, but 
that, it's amazing, that, it'd be yeah. interesting for me to see it now through it's, slightly, it's been a while. slightly different because I hadn't even <laughs> played ages and seasons back then. So oh, when I first played okay. Minish Cap, I've played them since. So it'd be kind of interesting to have you know, all that kind of experience of even just other top-down Zelda since how it kind of seems to be like maybe like how it built on those games because obviously flagship having made those those games with Nintendo on GBC before they made uh, Minish Cap. But of course, Minish Cap's kind of famous for being like overshadowed by the DS launch. You know, like yes. it's like the first exclusive Zelda game because they did the Link to the Past remake for GBA, of course, much like the Super Mario Advance games, but which had new content. Yeah, they had the Four Swords. That was the beginning of it. Was was uh, yeah. in that, but this was the first you know, original Zelda game for the system, and it was yeah you know, the system was getting uh, you know, uh, retired basically as as it was happening. You know, because it, it, in America the DS launched like that November. And, um, it was, it didn't over here. So like we got Minish Cap and you got the DS and then, you know, Minish Cap came out in America after the DS. So it's just, yeah. So it just shows you the whole, the kind of weirdness and the nonsense of the third pillar stuff. You know, it's just like, no, we are, we are, <laughs> we are ending this generation early to save us from the PSP basically. And so I think this, yeah. this got, Less attention, and then it got no attention because obviously it did, but it got less attention than it probably deserved. But I, I would have to go back to it to really kind of feel uh, how, how robustly it kind of holds up today. I, I'm, I'm just going to rocket through the other games they've announced so that we can kind of talk about the whole offering. Uh, the games coming in the future Metroid Prime Fusion, Kirby the Amazing Mirror, Fire Emblem, the original GBA Fire Emblem, F Zero Maximum Velocity, and Golden Sun. Uh, presumably that means Golden Sun 2 is coming at some point, but it'd be really funny if it never one did. Would hope. It'd be yeah. really funny if they're just like, nah, we gave you the first okay, one. One thing I've, 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 over the years I've considered, but have been put off by high prices for uh, getting a Japanese copy of Metroid Fusion because it has a hard mode that is not in the Western. Weird. So I will be able to play that, presumably, through the Japanese app. Uh, and also, hopefully, like, Maximum Velocity is the launch day. F Zero that I had with my uh, GBA, but hopefully eventually they'll put that Japan exclusive one in on the Japanese app and maybe as an import, like even in the non-Japanese apps, uh, because that is the one F Zero game I have not played. That is, it's, it's, there is still one, uh, and that's it. Uh, it came out in '05, I think, uh, and yeah, like the, 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 that's the most recent. <laughs> F-Zero game, and it's the one I haven't played, so hopefully they'll get to that eventually. Um, so I guess I guess at a high level we could talk about, so the Game Boy being in the regular and the Game Boy Advance being in the premium is an interesting tactic. Um, I get it, ultimately, but it feels like seven years into the Switch's system, if you're going to launch this thing now, five years into the paid service... It feels like GBA is the least they could do for people who are paying for the regular service. And well, it's, it it's, the- it's so belated, it's ridiculous. <laughs> We've talked about it many times over yeah. the years, but just to restate, I mean, the biggest thing for me is if one of the big, you know, you're trying to tie it into like you pay to play online. That is why you pay for the service, right? You want to play Splatoon, you want to play Smash Brothers, Barrier Kart, whatever it is, right? You pay for that. 
here's some old games as well with online in them, right? So, you know, like you tied it together. And right. like the portable games are the best vehicle for that because you don't have the weirdness of, well, oh, it's like Goldeneye, you know, well, it's online, but it's obviously it's split screen because, you know, it's, it's emulating the original game when it's taking it online. We don't have that with the portable games because everyone had their own system and they had to have a link cable or whatever. So that's better. And also it's just like, probably fewer people got to play these multiplayer originally because of the hardware requirements to have, you know, multiple systems, link cables, multiple copies of the game oftentimes. Right. Like, it, it was always so much a more of like, yeah, you could tell us like, you could play these classic portable games on this bit of portable Nintendo hardware online, like, the experience multiplayer like maybe yeah it's something you enjoy doing in the past and you're doing it again but also you know actually maybe you get to experience these things as never before almost and it just didn't do it for this long it's crazy it's absolutely mad that it's taking yeah, this long it doesn't make any sense and you know a lot of the game boy stuff i mean i never owned owned a game boy so this stuff's pretty cool for me but yeah like the proximity the kind of proximity based multiplayer that the game boy enforced it's like I mean, I haven't played most of these games, let alone played the multiplayer. You know, that's just unheard of. Now, there's got to yeah, be I- some cool, really cool stuff I can think you know, that would be co- good to go back to, especially like GBA, um, which I got a little bit of a chance to do some multiplayer with in the early going when I was still at school. But, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, early days, played a fair bit of Mario Kart and stuff, but, like, there, there's got to be a bunch of games there that I think would be really, really fun, and it's just, you don't have that awkwardness that you have with, the, like, N64, Super Nintendo, so it just, like, I'm genuinely puzzled as to why it it took this long, why, I guess, you know, they just prioritised the, the console stuff, more because they think it has like greater mind share with people, you know, more lasted memories. But you know, I'm, I'm surprised. You know, we often think of Nintendo as being like you know quite Japan centric, you know, like maybe even more than they should be from a strictly business sense. And you would think, with how completely portable dominated the Japanese market is, that this would have dictated this being done earlier. Um, but just so I suppose we'd just be grateful it, it you know, it's here. We made it. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would just think at this point, like maybe throw more of a bone to your baseline subscribers, but they, you cert- they certainly could have done. I don't know. I wouldn't argue with that. Um, I, I just, I, I still feel like unless you're pl- an active Mario Kart player, um, uh, or active, um, player of, uh, uh, Animal Crossing. I don't know how much the 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 expansion pack uh gives, but I I get why they felt like they had to throw something else in. So the GPA stuff. I mean, I get it. It's just like it. It feels like that they owe both those audiences more than they're giving here. Like this is a belated attempt at a catch up, but it's not. It's not a full catch up. Yeah, well, this feels like a, so they so they can say that they've added something. Yeah, right. you got to you got to keep doing that, and also, I mean, especially when you know at, at this stage of the game, I guess it, we do have to think about, and this is where maybe being so slow with it might work for them. 
there could be a slowdown of, you know, kind of new, you know, well, obviously we already had like some slow periods because of the pandemic and stuff, but, you know, if you, like we said, entering the seventh year of the system, you have to think it's, you know, the, the, the new games at some point are going to drop off, you know, uh, because there will be diverting efforts in software development to a successor platform. And so these sorts of things are things you could do to say, oh, no, don't don't let your subscription lapse, you know, stick right. with it, you know, and kind of make it feel like it's still kind of vibrant. So maybe being so slow with it, you know, will work for them in, you know, in, in that sense. But also you probably left a lot of money on the table from earlier on in the system's life. Yeah. Oh, That'd absolutely. Be my guess, I, you know. I would, I would think that all of these, um, all of these apps would just carry over to the next system. It, yeah, it would, it yeah, would feel no. weird. It would feel you weird would for hope. me. You would hope. Well, so, yeah. But I mean, it just because take... it would feel weird for me. To, weird to me for them to just say we put all this development time into making you know a separate Super NES app, a separate Inten- In- uh, Nintendo you know. making things feel weird. Network. Well, yeah. yeah. But it just I would just think that that it's part of their platform, and it's like oh, you just I, you well, just download I, those apps I on the new system. I definitely agree with you, John. I guess you just can't take anything like this for granted with Nintendo. Uh, but but <laughs> I mean, no. don't forget, this is a successful system, you know, and this is a unified yeah. system. It's not like oh, well, we've got our console, we've got our portable, and it's two different architectures and two different like hardware teams that made it, sort of like operating systems and all that. Like they've had one system. That's been really, really damn successful. It just passed the Game Boy family. The, the DS yeah. is the only thing standing in its way. It's on the threshold of selling a billion units of software. You know, like yes, it is ridiculously is successful. So, yeah, you would think that, you know, some degree of continuity you know, to try and capitalize on that success for their next platform would be, you know, very much in the cards. But we but must, we'll, we we'll must have to wait and see. We must remember. They haven't had a successful follow-up to a successful system oh, God. in quite some time. Every time they've had like a really big system like Wii, they've then it's either all gone wrong with Wii U, or like from DS to 3DS, it didn't quite all go wrong, but it was going pretty wrong <laughs> at one point before they kind of pulled it out of the fire into a you know. Uh, lesser success than DS was, but still, a, you know, a significant success. All right, we need to make we need to make up some time because we're taking a long time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the next thing up, and we'll come back to it. I'm gonna go through some stuff that's not super important. Uh, we got an extended trailer of Master Detective Archive Rain Code, which I believe this is the game we already knew about, but we got to see some gameplay. It looks cool. Does anybody think they want to say about it? I think it looks cool is probably sufficient for now. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, this was a surprise. Baten Kaitos one and two re- remastered was real. Um, yeah, which is which is wild. Um, we don't know a ton about it right now. We do know they didn't mention Xenoblade at all, which is interesting, or Monolith at all, which is interesting. Uh, this is a Bandai Namco published uh, affair. Uh, Greg, you said that you read somewhere that it's Japanese voices. Y- yes, I've not been able to follow that up and absolutely rock solid comfort get rock solid confirmation. But the impression there's no that I got was that no voice acting in the. Go ahead. Yeah, it was just that. Yeah, it, it was uh, Japanese voices only. Which, uh, while yeah, obviously many, many other languages uh, you're supported for. Um, 
the subtitles, but yeah, the, 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 it would seem, because both games had English voice acting originally, that sure perhaps did. some kind of additional cost or, you know, goodness knows what, I don't know, maybe they lost the recordings, or, you know, something where it made it either impractical or impossible or so for them to actually include the English voice tracks that were originally there in this version. Not that unheard of with these sorts of things. I mean, didn't they have to like completely redo the English voice tracks for like Silent Hill games when they brought those back Something on like that, yeah. in HD Weird and shit. stuff like rights laps or they don't even like sometimes they, it, cause it depends how assiduously all this work was done, you know, back then, like in terms of like, well, what would we have to pay or, you know, like, and they may just think, oh, it's just safer to just forget it. And, you know, with this sort of thing, the audience that it's going for, Bat and Kaito's collection, they, they're perfectly willing to just go with the Japanese voices anyway. Yeah, I, I guess. I, I think if that is what... So the reason we have to go on this right now is that the trailer in the Japanese Nintendo Direct showed... or, or Heard? You could, you could hear uh, the Japanese voice actors in the English language Nintendo Direct. They talk over it, so we don't get to hear any of the voices. Right. So that's that's interesting. Um, I will say that while we made fun, we got the email specifically calling out the bad voice acting in the first Baten Kaitos game, and it is bad, <laughs> but I appreciate it. Uh, the second Baten Kaitos game only has three characters, and they actually have really good interplay, and the voice acting is actually really good. Especially, um, God, what's her name? The female lead in that game. I'm blanking on her name. Uh, she and the robot get a little jealous of each other for Soggy's attention, and she has some really excellent delivery. I mean, some really well done snarky bitch delivery that is just perfect. Um, and it would be a shame if we lost that because it's it's spot on. It they they're their little feud with each other while Soggy's just like, aren't we having fun with fun times together? And they're just absolutely dogging each other. It is some of the best stuff in that game. And because there's only three characters, they know the whole party is there at all times. So there's no problem having them just chat constantly about whatever and usually it's like Soggy going that's really weird we should look into it and then those two just absolutely ripping each other to shreds or being like that's a great idea Soggy don't you think so hag and it's Soggy's like yay they agree with me this is great and then they're getting ready to have a fucking murder each other it's beautiful it's a great part of that game hopefully they preserve that um fantasy life is back because because apparently level five is back. <laughs> and this is what, this is what we're dealing with. Level five came back during this direct. Uh, if you never played Fantasy Life originally, this was a, this was like teased in a latent game on DS as London, London Life. Life. Yeah. Then, then it was the full 3DS game, which was this weird, like, do whatever you want RPG where you could beat things like a fisher and you just fish or you could level up cutting down trees or making stuff. It was basically like just a do whatever the hell you want game, but there was a story. Um, it was interesting, and it was kind of fun to play with. I don't know that I'd want to play with it now. Uh, you could re you could do stuff to change the world and all kinds of interesting things. And like I said, there was a plot line. It sounds like they're doing the same thing here, although it looks obviously a hell of a lot better on Switch. This the game looks really nice in the level five sort of art style. Um, but there was a 
there was the sequel to that game was on phones. I think it did really, 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 really exorbitantly poorly. <laughs> uh, like, like comedically poorly, luxuriously and, poorly. <laughs> yeah, and then that, then that franchise just fucking died. Um, but it's back in in fantasy. Li- All right, so the name is Fantasy Life I, as in the letter I, lowercase. The girl who steals time, which is an incredibly stupid name. Um, but it's come out in 2023. I don't know. Anybody, anybody here interested in this thing? I'm vaguely yeah, the, interested. The, the, the original game kind of passed me by, even though I had some interest based on, you know, kind of, you know, like you said, really go back to that latent connection and stuff. But yeah, uh, I, I know there's people that really like that. And uh, you got some. I, I, quite, I played it and talked about it on the show. Quite strong reviews and all that. So it was something I considered. Uh, but never got around to. So I don't have the direct kind of impetus to, to check this one out. But I get you, it's, it's really competitive now on Switch for, you know, kind of, uh, any kind of RPG, uh, style of game. <laughs> so it's, it, it's a weird slice of life thing too. And there's, there's a number of those. Sure. Um, yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, crowded might be difficult to envision a sort of plausible pathway for it to find its way in my lap, as it were, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. In terms of like standing out from all those other games, it doesn't have farming. So that's one. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it, it, the, the sheer number of jobs you can take on. Yeah. Uh, and you just level them up by doing them. Like you level up cut at being a, a lumberjack by cutting down trees. And what, and the, the, how effective you are at that increases per, for use, um, is a neat touch. And it's, it's a fun thing to do. It's kind of MMO-ish in that way. Uh, I had fun with that game. Um, I played it with one or two other people online. So we'd interact with each other and we would trade things. Um, but it was fun. It was the, the London Life one was pretty fun. Speaking of transition, uh, Leighton is back. In latent form, yeah, it was. It was mm. just like a little addenda, like a little coda to the to the yeah. fantasy life thing, wasn't it? It's was just like, oh yeah, you know, if you if you remember level five is the guys that made level eight, and he's back, he's here. Yeah, it's like a it's like a slow pan in on a guy in a top hat, and then he finally turns around as, as wrapped in what well, looks like fog, but actually it's steam because it's. Professor Layton and the world, new world of steam. Yeah, there was some of it, 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 didn't it, when it left off at the end of the third game, which is chronologically the last game. Last one. Yeah. Like he was going off to America or something. Yes. So, like, that kind of makes sense, I guess. Luke couldn't come with him, basically. Yes. Um, no, we didn't see Luke, did we? We just saw Layton here, just the back of the yeah, place with his it's hat. A new. A new mystery will begin. So we have a new Layton game. Hopefully the puzzles don't suck because, of course, the guy who made the puzzles for the Layton games is dead. Um, but and the puzzles in Catriel are shit garbage. But that's not the only thing that's garbage about those games. What else is garbage about those games is those games. So hey, maybe maybe this one will be good. This weird level five. Um, well, I'll, I'm going to call this the level five possible renaissance. Yes, attempt, attempted renaissance. We can't really say it is one yet. Yeah, we need to, we need to see the receipts, as it were. Would be ex- renaissance. Yeah, excitement though. Leighton is back. Uh, speaking of also back, Mario Kart Eight, Wave Four DLC. It's out. 
No, no, it's not out or, yet. It's the spring. It's not? It's just, just, just said oh, okay. spring. Yeah, it's, but it's, oh, okay. got, it's coming. Uh, they, mm-hmm. the, the intro, first of all, they showed a new track, which is Yoshi's Island theme, which is yeah. yes. plenty of Yoshi's related tracks, but not one that's explicitly you know, from that game. It's got level elements referencing that game. And, of course, you know the Mario Kart 8 treatment of Yoshi's Island music, specifically the kind of athletic uh, <laughs> theme from uh, Yoshi's Island. So that's nice. But also... Also, a new character, which they hadn't Birdo. really sort of thought that that was part of the booster course pass before, right. like because I mean, also I'm pretty sure that the, they were writing a, a new motorcycle, like a, so maybe some new uh, parts. parts are coming, yeah. new vehicle parts. Yeah, because yeah. they hadn't been no no parts, no characters before this. So you just kind of thought, well, it's just it's called booster course pass, like it's just courses, right? right? But no, and, we, and we, they had a new character. Yeah, we had speculated about this too at the time. We're like, are they ever going to add new characters and stuff? And we had, I think we had concluded, ah, it seems like no. They get, well, also, they have plenty of characters, like, especially when they're not particularly impactful on the game. You've got your yeah. me in various costumes if you want, like, if you had Amiibo, I think, anyway. Uh, you know, you've got a few crossover things like Animal Crossing and Zelda. You've got, you know, all the Koopa kids. You've got to the point where they just, oh, screw it, put Pink Gold Peach in there. Like, you just, well, what's left? But for a start, yeah, Birdo, they hadn't used Birdo before, so you can have Birdo now. Nice. Uh, I, I, I did like uh, one thing about the uh, Yoshi track in that uh, it looked like if you went through one of those uh, clouds with a question mark on it, that created this uh, bridge. Yes. Um, so I, I don't know. It's like they they put a little bit of uh, excite truck in with my like the, uh, little, in a way. With, it's specifically like you know in Yoshi's Island where it creates those sort of like broken red line platforms. Like it's it's making yes. one of those, and it's got the sound effect yeah. and everything like that. And it seems pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hit the, at this point. We're in the sizzle reel. I'm not gonna go through everything in the sizzle reel. I did want to center in on one because it's my new business. Uh, for whatever reason. Konami decided to bring WBSCE Baseball Power Pros to fucking North America. Um, this game, so when it went to the I eShop, it was seven the fir- weeks till opening day. Yeah, when it went to the eShop, <laughs> it was the first thing a lot of the sickos in the NWR Discord went to look for, present company included, because we couldn't believe they were bringing Power Pros baseball, excuse me, e baseball, well, just like Pro Evo became e football. Yeah, uh, to North America. So Danny Bivens on the Famicast plays these games for some reason. He's a mad uh, That's why. Yeah, he's, he needs help. Because well, so, Konami also, because obviously this is Power Pros with the super deformed style and all that. Yes. But they all don't they make a game based on the Japanese baseball league that that is you know like more of a simulation. Yes. But this is not that game. No, no, this, this is, is very game. much not that game. But, uh, if, so, but isn't that also e-baseball as well? Like, do, do they, do they sure, have the why sa- not? I think they have the same e-baseball branding for both games, even though they look very different. And I assume have you know, quite different gameplay as well. So, so I uh, then we all saw this game was ninety nine cents or like a dollar, like a dollar ten in in Canada. Or 100 yen in Japan, and we thought, that's got to be a pricing mistake, right? There's no way they released a game for 99 cents. There's no way Konami released a game 
for 99 uh, no, cents. No, that normally, would... it has to be contra rogue core, and it has to bomb before it's 99 cents. Yes. Right. Like, 99 cents is the action of those publishers who take Unity asset packs. This is madness. <laughs> So like we we all bought it because we all had more than enough gold points just to buy it because we're like this this price is obviously a mistake let's just grab it now and then see what this thing is maybe that was their tactic because this game is garbage but it's it's like the most amazing garbage it's uh, I'm gonna steal from GX frequent writer to the show uh, um, who described this. So I, I was in the Discord. I tweeted images of this. I'm going to put this one in the chat because I think it's particularly um, germane to what I'm about to talk about. Um, I, 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 was, I was live tweeting my play session with this game. Uh, it is an online game. It launched while the online was in um, maintenance mode, which is good. That's when you should launch your online-focused game. Um, my... <laughs> My comment when I saw this was one of two things. One, um, that's a lot of text to tell you that the, the, your name of your online character could be posted to Discord or Twitter. But two, this is the most default-ass Japanese English text font in the world. This is the font that like vis- visual novels and dating sims made by one guy use. Because it's the default font, font uh, yes. package... Yeah, it looks like a default maker. system. Yeah, exactly. It looks like a default system font. Yeah, um, the kerning is amazing. Which, if you're not familiar with kerning, it's a space between letters. Um, it's it's like incredibly wide. It's so bizarre. Uh, the art, like the the character art, is garbo. Like just just absolute trash. Uh, but I'm gonna post in the chat because I had I had a like visceral response to this. This is the thing they ask you to enter your name in. This text input screen. Hmm. Uh, it's bad. Wow. Um, all the all those blank spaces, they don't do anything. <laughs> they look like they do something. It puts a blank space in the screen, but it doesn't actually put a space in the final result because I couldn't <laughs> figure out how you would do lowercase letters in this font entry system. So I went James blank space all, and then I scrolled down and there was an up arrow because it was my name in all upper caps. Uh, because I couldn't find lowercase. Apparently, it's it's row seven out of seven is the lowercase characters. We have all the fucking wingdings fonts between there and here. I'm just trying uh, to figure out if input it is actually a word. It is. Uh, it's, it's not a word weird. you normally use. No, it's really but, weird. Uh, so that was cool. I like there's a button that just says back space space, but it's not in the text entry field. It's over in the text type selection if you want to enter in kanji, katakana, alphanumeric, kanji. It's like, why is backspace a button over there? Why is it not in the text entry? Oh, God, this game. Everything about this game is jank and stupid and awful. And just, you should go play this game because it gives you so much more appreciation for what a real video game is because this is not one. This is like a scam, but they're not charging you enough money to actually make money on it. It's... It's, 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 fe- it's not, it's not good enough to be frustratingly bad. Like, it's, it's just funny. It's just consistently funny. The gameplay is garbage. I, I can't hit the ball. It's what, but the guy I'm playing against is throwing fire pitches that come out at 172 kilometers an hour that you just can't hit. I can't figure out how he's doing that. I don't have fire pitches. Is, 
we're supposed to be the same. We're both playing our first game. How does he have better characters than me? I don't understand. Also, um, it auto generates the, if you want to play, if you want to play single player and do like a bunch of games against AI, you have to create the AI teams, which is a lot of fun. Thanks for that. I really want to have to create all the characters on a bunch of baseball teams. That sounds fun. Um, if you auto generate your party, your team, it asks you where you want your team to be from and it lets you pick a country or some, some, some dependencies that, that field teams internationally. And then it generates a, a team. So it'd be like, so my team is an American team. They, they, they play under a U.S. flag. Um, and every single name it generates is a Japanese first and surname. All of them, no matter what country you pick. It's amazing. They, they couldn't be fucking bothered to add non-Japanese names to the name pool. <laughs> It, this game is amazing. I mean, this game is legitimately like. Here's, I, I want to make sure you understand. You can be amazed by something that's bad. Oh, oh, damn! That is what this game is. What an accomplishment! I, I, I appreciate this game for what it isn't. No, and, and what consider isn't. the pre-order for the show cancelled. Yeah, done. Yeah, what this game isn't is a functional game, and I appreciate it for that. Uh, all right, so that gets us through all of the whatever the shit this was. Uh, that leaves two titles left. Um, we have, so let, let, let's go. Let's go through it. It's real, y'all. It finally is happening, and in fact, it finally came out. Metroid Prime One Remake or Remaster. It's not a remake. Uh, it was announced and shadow dropped. Yeah, it actually, it sort of late for the 20th anniversary in America and a little early for a European one because it, I think it was March in 2003 right. that uh, Metroid Prime came out back there. They're just, they're just finding the middle ground. <laughs> I think the uh, physical version might be right on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, this, right. this is I'm sure I was meticulously later. planned, you know, all, all about, oh, you've got to go, get the European date. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's it. it I mean... Have, have any of y'all started playing it? Oh yeah, yeah, I have. Yep. Okay. Do Do you want to give some thoughts? It's good. I mean, I like it. Um, it's uh, you know, it's funny. This game really does give me all the feels. Um, just because when is it, it is came, it, is it a significant game? <laughs> I would say yes. It is a significant game. Okay. I think, I, I think, I, you, remember when we're talking about games now, we have to yeah. say at the very beginning if it's significant I, or not. I apologize. I forgot. Yes, the uh, Super Mario Land Two nuts again. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Not just like, baseball yeah. extremely significant. Going in but with for the reasons I don't understand. Worthless. Significance confirmed. Here, I, I can confirm. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I haven't. It's been so long since I played the original game. I can't really tell you how much better it looks. It looks good. So, so there's um, some videos out, and it's more than just like, oh, we up-res some textures. There's new level geometry. There's new, um, mm-hmm. there's new shapes. There's new like meshes. There's new effects. This yeah. this is a f- fairly significant graphical, like almost to the point of they may have basically redone the like the visuals of this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it so looks good. I mean, I can yeah. tell you that. I mean, and and this comes from me just uh, just coming off. I, I did actually play through Dead Space and beat it. Oh, did you um, get through your your, uh, your yeah. blockage? Uh, that's that's a whole story. I'll I'll tell that story next week. Okay. Um. But uh. But yeah, and that's me coming off of that game, which it looks fantastic. And this game, you know, definitely 
does not disappoint. I'm not sitting here saying oh, this looks like a GameCube game. It looks terrible. Um, it looks really good. Uh, controls really well. Very intuitive controls. I found a little bit weird switching between the scan visor and going back to uh, your your beam. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, because there's a lot a of weird. control schemes, isn't there? They, they, they gave quite yeah. a few. You've got like a a dual stick, you know, kind of trying to just you know, go to that standard, you know, which of course famously it didn't use at the time. You've got pretty much just what they did at the time, you know, with the the the, the single stick and the lock on. You've got um, the, the, something approximating at least the Wii remote style uh, with gyro. Uh, for that kind of the the pointer control scheme, and then the the one I've tried is referred to as hybrid. So it's basically the original control scheme, but instead of kind of when you could kind of like stop and aim just like with the stick, here you could stop and aim with gyro, um, and also as an option enable the lock on free aim. Uh, sort of Prime 3 style, but again, again, with gyro, so actually kind of more accurately like the way Lock on Free Aim worked in, um, Metro Prime Federation Force, funnily enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, it, it works fine for me, kind of emulating mostly the original control scheme, because that's, that's what the game's designed around, you know, a lot of the kind of targeting of just like, you know, just, keep locking on, keep snapping from one target to the next, you know, rather than, like, actually having to do, like, super precise aiming. That's the way everything... You know, whereas, like, Prime 3, where they had that control scheme in mind for the whole game, you know, it was designed around pointer aiming. Whereas, like, when they took it, you know, for Prime Trilogy, put it back into the first two games, it was nice in, in certain, you know... Encounters, especially and stuff, and it was just it worked really well uh, for per, for first person games in general. I think the Wii Remote and Nunchuck for me, but you know it wasn't like essential. Uh, so the way I've been doing it, I think works yeah pretty well, especially you know for portable play. And obviously, it tries to be super immersive. That that was its thing back in the day with the you know through the visor, all the effects, and you know the the, the music and the sound design, all that was going for full immersion. But in terms of the nature of the game. It's really well suited to portable play. That kind of slower pace and, you know, kind of plodding yeah. around everywhere. Like, it, it, it probably goes down easier for me as a portable game today, uh, you know, uh, than it would do if I had to, you know, just put it in front of the TV. But, you know, so you, you are inevitably sacrificing on the immersion factor there. Yeah, it, it always entertains me how many things, like, you play Metroid Prime now and it feels remarkably modern simply because so many first-person shooters cribbed so many elements off of it. It's, I mean, this game doesn't really feel like it came out in 2001. It's doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't feel like there's so many games out that I could probably look at in 2001 that don't, that, that I could say, yeah, feels like it's from that era. But just stuff like the 3D rotatable map, um, like that's something that I don't think, I don't think really had been in any games prior to that. The whole scanning for lore, the HUD, the HUD stuff, I, yeah, building yeah, it yeah. into the visor like, and all that. Like, yeah, it, I mean it, that stuff now in first-person shooters. That stuff. Oh, oh, of course you have that kind of map. Oh, you know, of course you can scan a bunch of stuff for lore. But that was in 2001. I mean, something like, um, like, like uh, Bioshock, for instance, that came out in what 2007, I think. Right about then. Right. Yeah, I forget exactly. Yeah. I didn't get it and, till the PS3, like a couple of years later. But yeah, yeah I think so. 
Yeah, and so just stuff like that where that's really where you started to see, I think, it probably really popularized kind of having snippets of things that you scan or well, listen they kind to of, or, they kind or of took it to the like the next day you're like okay well what yeah. if they were audio logs and so they could play you know while you were walking around rather than you know like you have to stop and like te- the page through the text or whatever but it, it definitely felt like it, it, you know even by the time i got to it a couple of years like it felt like there was a continuity there you know that, that uh yeah you know even though it's a nintendo game and not that many people played it because the gamecube was not very popular you know that it had this really significant influence on on uh, various things that came after it mm-hmm. and, and um, i just played through the the first the first area just before the podcast well almost because <laughs> i was uh nice. as, i'm some i'm completely ocd scanning everything and so of course at the end of the a mild spoiler alert but you have to you have to escape in a time limit a at countdown. the end of the first area <laughs> it's a, bit, it's a, a countdown it's a, which is very metroid but of course, I'm sitting there, not even caring about the countdown, and I'm scanning everything, and I'm like, oh, whatever. And I'm so used, because I think I'm so used to games that just autosave or just take care of it for you. But of course, <laughs> I ran out of time, I got killed, and then it says, start from your last save? I'm like, sure, I'd love to. Uh, it didn't save the game, and so I'd have to start all over again. So make it to the end of that first area. That's my advice to you, just so it saves the game, because now I pretty much have to start from scratch and go through that whole thing again. Although I'm hoping that it saves all my scans. Um, if it doesn't, uh, well, here we are. You know, I guess I'll try it again. But the one thing I do think, Greg, you may be able to, I mean, just using your your amazing powers of, of recollection... <laughs> I've played the through it a thing few they, times, I can say, not recently, well, the it's, one it's, thing, it's, it's, it's probably about yeah, but you know, the, 12 I, years ago or something. But. Yeah, but I'm thinking that, because the, now when you scan something, there's red scans and orange scans, and I'm thinking the red scans, are they the ones for your logbook? Um, no, not exclusively. The red scans, I think, are things that do things more in the environment. You know, I'd be like, okay, so unlock the door. Whereas the orange ones are more like the, it, 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 sometimes I think there might be red scans that do go to your logbook, but most of the time the orange scans, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's kind of weird. They don't have a different color because some orange scans are just like, okay, here's a bit of flavor text, but others are, oh no, this is flavor text that goes in the logbook. Like this is a creature or you know a device or something that you've not seen before. But yeah, I think like the, the there's law scans that are red as well. So I don't mm-hmm. really know why like sub law scans are red, but then otherwise like yes yeah, switches are red as well. Weird, but it, it's I, I can only assume it's it faithfully you know, recreate that was how I remember there being your know, orange and red back in the day but yeah not the most like clean sort of demarcation there yeah yeah because i remember the first time i played through this on gamecube i think i had i had 99 percent of the scans oh i got really agonizingly close on some of those games yeah i think the the only time i've ever got 100 percent of any metro prime game of the scans was metro prime 2 on trilogy like, I had literally one scan that I didn't have at the end of the play. I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll, yeah. I'll find yeah. out what it is I, and I'll get it. 
<laughs> yeah, I think the I think the one that I missed, I think because with the final boss, you have to do multiple scans for each. Of his you do phases. get that with bosses. You get like, oh, there's different phases yeah. of the boss, or like, oh, I think it yeah. might be in Prime Two. Or one of them, like, there's a bit where you could glimpse the boss before you actually fight it. It's like crawling around in a you know kind of narrow passageway or something and if you have to scan it before you fight it and that's a different scan and that's like a logbook entry like yeah they they definitely (laughs) were like leading into the like drive people's compulsive tendencies into madness yeah but uh yeah i'm enjoying it and so it's funny it's actually good timing i was looking for what to follow up dead space with and i was like i don't know a game that that uh, Dead Space probably borrows from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely some Completely. of that like, diegetic, like, HUD, you know, kind of stuff. And that, you know, it, it's more like, obviously, because it's a third person shooter, Dead Space is like g- g- very much following off Resident Evil 4. But, you know, de- some of the way the game, the sort of in game information is presented and trying to make it feel like it's coming from inside the world rather than just, you know, an artificial your consumer thing uh, de- definitely feels informed by Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, we can do some, some new business on that next oh, week. We, I yeah, I, I definitely need to play more of it. But uh, yeah, just yeah. the lighting yeah. is the thing that hits me the most. It just seems way more natural and kind of uh, atmospheric. Let's, uh, let's, let's close it out the way Nintendo did then. We got another trailer for Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. We did not get Metroid Prime 4. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> I wasn't like really you expecting... Your taste of Metroid peasants. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I wasn't expecting, like... I mean, it was just... A, I mean, we've, again... The theme. I be- want another trailer that's just a number. That's all I want. The theme Do of it. it being belated but sudden. That was very much this. We've been expecting, you know, something Metroid Prime to kind of. Uh, oh God, I almost I almost went to a particular phrase. Uh, to, to lay the groundwork uh, for there being a Prime Four in the future, because because the series has been so absent for so many years. So we've been expecting it for ages, and then it's actually taken way longer. Like, so we've blown past all these anniversaries, and we've had Metroid fucking Dread come back to life in the interim, you know, but there it's like, oh, no, it's here. So it was so sudden, I, I wasn't expecting, like, a Prime 4 thing to, to you know, come up this time, because no, no. that feels like it's, you well, know, I far just, off. I just- I just have to give the standard the space will not be marked of no Silk Song, no Prime 4 oh, on your bingo silk cards. Oh, Silk Song, yeah. I would be interested to see more of that. I enjoyed the, the unmarkable, The unmarkable bingo spaces. Um, but yeah, so they gave us a breath, uh, obviously me, they gave us a Tears of the Kingdom trailer. Uh, the date has not moved. It is not going to miss its target. We did find out because of an eShop listing, this game will be $70 instead of the Nintendo 60 but you can use the new vouchers, which yeah, just relaunched. It, it basically that just, it, but actually just brings it more into parity with the situation in other countries. So, yeah, but right. Like, but Breath of the Wild was a premium get. Now, I didn't. I had it physically, you know, I got it with my sister, as many people did, or in some cases they had just the game uh, in, the, in the very early going. So I didn't buy it digitally, but since, you know, you can see on the eShop, it's more expensive than pretty much any other Nintendo game. 
uh, Breath of the Wild on the European UK eShop. Um, and certainly in Japan, they have quite a lot of variable pricing where anything that's like akin to an RPG carries a premium compared to, you know, kind of uh, like a Mario game or something. So it's like probably, I don't know, I think both Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are sort of like maybe 1,300 yen extra than, you know, a Mario game. So it's, but then this, I think there's some like RPG, like maybe Xenoblade is like even more expensive than that funnily enough like that's kind of weird in that case but yeah basically this is something they've resisted uh in america i guess because they just feel like you know there's a greater sensitivity around you know uh variable pricing but you know they did surely not coincidentally reintroduce the voucher program to the north america for the first time in quite some time, I believe. Like, it's been running the whole time in UK, Europe, uh, more widely in Japan. But now it's back in the US. So it's like, oh, well, you know, you can have it for, you know, on, you know, balancing out, uh, you know, much, much less per unit if you get uh, a pair of vouchers that you to entitle you to two first party games. Yeah, so with that, ultimately, I won't end up paying more than I would have anyway, which I know is everybody's concerned. What's James going to have to pay for this game? So, <laughs> yes, yes. So everything's fine. Don't worry. Uh, my my home will be safe. Uh, but yeah, we didn't get a lot in this trailer. It was, it was kind of like, no, the game's still coming, but there's an undeniable Banjo-Kazooie nuts and boltsness about this entire thing. He just kind of, what, yeah, I think kind of felt like just like taking that whole thing of like, I don't know, it was something that was more like emergent gameplay from the last one, where it's like, oh, you know, we, we strung this thing together with like octo balloons and, you know, yeah, bit, yeah. bits of driftwood or whatever. And it's like, well, how about if we like really made that a thing? Like people cobbling platforms to get, it seemed like we had like something for the ground, something for the air, like this. It seems like a significant they, component of the game. And they all look like they're made out of junk. Uh, and, and this is what Nintendo did with Breath of the Wild, too. Like, they gave us little hints of what the gameplay mechanics would be and stuff, but they didn't say it. And it, even here, they don't say, oh, you can assemble vehicles out of junk. But there is a lot of, like, there's a very... The, the things that he's riding on have a very... And we actually saw him riding on the aerial thing in the very first real gameplay trailer of this game uh but we didn't i didn't give, give it much thought i thought it's just the platform that he landed on but no they've they've done a few other things now in this trailer his little car thing that very much has a nuts and bolts vibe to it and in retrospect the uh manipulation tool looks not that dissimilar from how the mumbo wrench worked the mumbo wrench. Jeez. it's a wrench with his face on it uh how it worked in that game with the big lightning bolt that lets you move the piece around. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. They didn't show any of that part. They just showed him on the vehicle. Like, that doesn't no, but it doesn't necessarily imply it's, it's what it looks stuff. like. It looks like it's cobbled together yeah. junk. And like, especially when you consider the things that people like, the weird, like, launching a mine cart with the stasis and turning that into some sort of, you know, sort of half a vehicle. Oh, yeah. And I said the balloons and all that. It just feels like maybe they looked at what people did with the systems in the first game when it wasn't really built for that and thought, 
mm, we could build things for that. Like we could, and you know, it seems to tie into this whole Link and his weird mechanical techno arm, you know, and his ability to. It's like made some green magic comes out or something that seems to like power these things. Like it's maybe yeah. it's another Sheikah Slate type ability. Like, yeah, the, it's the inferences you could draw, but yeah, they're not spelling anything out yet. We've got yeah. what, three months to go. It's, you would we'll find think, out soon. think it's locked in now. It really felt like between the earnings report and the likely direct afterwards, it's like this is probably the last chance for this to move. And yeah, yeah with the earnings report kind of nailing it down for me you kind of felt he's pretty safe we're probably about six weeks out from the direct just focused on this game oh yeah it's be a a blowout no doubt and and they'll be definitely be hosting press events i would guess in new york and la or san fran or maybe maybe in seattle uh and of course in usually usually they do them in like the netherlands or or, and maybe london like they europe's kind of weird where they do them and then, obviously, they'll have some in Japan where people, members of the press will actually get to play this thing in a controlled setting and write impressions based on it uh, and have people to talk to there versus getting your review copy early and being told you can write impressions up to this. Those those settings let you actually do, you know, have a conversation with somebody about it. But they didn't give us a lot to talk about here, except that, like, they were very clearly they very the the focus of the trailer was just like yep link's still toying around but they very clearly were putting these very um unusual looking cobbled together vehicles in front of the camera for us to notice them uh the their, their intent was clearly for us to see this and go what the fuck are those um uh, without saying it but even even uh rare their twitter account got in on the act tweeting a picture of banjo kazooie nuts and bolts and noting it's available on rare replay it's every and i think their quote was it's everyone's favorite banjo game don't ask us to to back that statement up or why we thought about this today and that was the end of that was the end of their <laughs> post and it's like all right all right calm down that game's still bad it's still a bad <laughs> game it's, it's a it's a it's a fun toy but not a good banjo game um yeah, I don't really have anything else to add to that because they didn't really give us much. No, just, no, just it just, it just it's more of an affirmation of of what's coming and you know, the, the presumably the, the the really big blowout stuff to come. You know, in the somewhere like you said, yeah, six months is pretty much equidistant. Sorry, six weeks is pretty much equidistant. You know, from you know, kind of where we are. Uh, now to you know when the game will actually launch so it could be a good time for something like that and yeah just glimpses you know some familiar stuff you know returning giant you know giant uh boss type characters and but then some new stuff and a little bit of it's funny because like breath of the wild still had voice acting but it still kind of caught me off guard like it's a little like, bit oh yeah. yeah that's right voice acting <laughs> Yeah. Especially when it wasn't when it wasn't Zelda's voice. Yeah, because she was... carried a lot of it in the, in the yeah. first one. So yeah, that that was kind of uh, you know, like oh yeah yeah I do have to kind of think about that uh, again. But um, no, just uh, what can you say? Uh, it's it's been a long road, but hopefully it's, it, it and, and with that comes you know, some really lofty expectations to say the least. It's going to be hard to live up to both. Just you know the 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 status and the memories that people have of the first game and then just what all the years of expectation, you know, have kind of built up in people's minds, but they wouldn't bet against them pulling it off. And, 
And how do you replicate that novelty? Yeah, that's that's the toughest part. We we also (laughs) noticed some territory that was from the like physical uh, geography that was from the original game. So we are we are still in the same area, but obviously it's not the same geography because most of it's in the air. So people are like, it's got some stuff in there. It must be the entire same map. No, bro, they're in the air. It's obviously not. Calm down. Um. So did you guys notice any shrines or anything like that? No. I didn't see any I, uh, felt- or gameplay that like it looks like maybe they're putting more of uh, those like shrine elements into the world itself, or, or they just didn't feel like showing them. Like uh, maybe I don't know. But one of the puzzles that we see him solve with uh, you know like spinning a big plate, like I can imagine that there's some ball on there that needs to be guided somewhere. <laughs> um, but it, it seemed to be open air, so mm, I, I mean, yeah. I, it, this is always one of those interesting things of like. Select select edited trailers. How much were they able to hide from us too? Right. Yeah. Um. God, they're good at this with this game in particular. It's a shame that nobody could post about it while it was happening and and share theories. Oh, the whole thing, the whole whole agenda blown up by Elon Musk's dumbest purchase, which is saying a lot because that man is dumb as hell. Um. All right. I think you're, that's you're gonna- so you're so banned from Twitter now, dude. Do it. Fucking do it. Do it. <laughs> so Shadow no, don't, don't do it, Elon, because then I, that means I have to post the podcast on Twitter. Jesus, I can't do that. You do. It's, I it's, can only handle Mastodon. That's enough. <laughs> it's, it's a big workload. He'll surprise us by making James his personal shopper. So it's all, all, oh, all, all of my dumb purchases will be routed through you now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, exactly. You, will, you make a dumber purchase then. Okay. Congratulations. You now own um, pets.com. Have fun. Uh, all right, so I think we need to wrap up because we've gone way too long, and I promised Guillaume I'd try to get out under three hours, and I'm about to fail at that. So let's do this now. Let's get out. Um, this was a big direct. It had a lot of content, um, so I apologize for letting us go a little bit longer than I planned to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the editing is going to be uh, is probably going to suffer, but uh, that's fine. Whatever. Like this is one of the episodes where, with the exception of when we lost John's audio, you could probably just let it rip. Oh, especially since no one's going to hear this anyway. God damn it. Like, look, like, you're making jokes, but it, it really is emotionally upsetting me. Like, I've been trying really hard. Like, I, this is the only thing I'm thinking about if I'm not thinking about work. It's incredibly frustrating. Um, So, please, tell your friends. You can still download it from the website. If, you know, I don't care if they listen to the show or not. Just tell them. Download it from the website. Just <laughs> tell them. Tell them. You can track this on Mastodon. No, you the can't. Is, the link is in there. <laughs> Nobody's on Mastodon, Our John. podcast at Mastodon at social people. Go there. Love There's it. There's like 85 Mastodons, John. Enjoy the Metaverse. On one. The Metaverse. Fuck off with that shit. All right. I'm going to end the show now because I need to I need to go lie down because I'm thinking about the RSS feed again and I'm going to cry. Uh, Greg, what is our music to conclude the show this week? Well, we had a request in uh, just just recently uh, for uh, a song from the aforementioned Kuru Kuru Kururin uh, on the uh, GBA portion of the uh, expansion pack, Nintendo Switch Online, uh, from Lemonade. It actually suggested three songs, and it's, they've all got their sort of merits, I think. Uh, and it's, it's very much that sort of GBA soundtrack where, I mean, it's few few uh, systems that had like the breadth of like types of sound of GBA in terms of you know you had those games where it sounded very 
Game Boy Color adjacent because it actually had Game Boy Color hardware in it, and they used that for the music quite often. Uh, you know, and, and quite famously, like in uh, Harmony of Dissonance, the second GBA Castlevania game, um, where it kind of went for like an actually dissonant soundtrack, but with GBC hardware. <laughs> and it, Was the there res- harmony in the it? The results are interesting. Uh, not altogether bad. I think it gets a bit too backed on sometimes, but yeah, probably was a bit beyond it. And then like you get stuff like Aria of Sorrow sound a lot richer. And you think of like Rhythm Heaven and stuff, like where they were compressing audio. Like like it 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 was a wide variety. But this is an early game and it does have more of that kind of cable colour sound to, you know, some of the instruments and stuff. But yeah, very, very nice work I think. And and I went with the Starland theme, mainly because it just had more of that kind of closing quality that we're looking for. All right. Well, if you have if you have suggestions for the music, you can send it to RFN at attendworldreport.com. You can also send your questions, comments, and please God, just tell me you can hear this. <laughs> tell me you can hear my voice. Because I'm gonna cry myself to sleep thinking about an RSS feed, and that's a dark place to be. So on that, it's time for us to go. Bye everybody. Later. Bye. Bye bye. Thank you.